only movie talk show podcast, baby. Hey, everybody. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> hey! My name is Inverted Penis. With me, as always, King of Kings, Light of the World, and Savior of Man, Andy! Oh, wow. Thank you, Muller. Thank you. I didn't expect such compliments from you. <laughs> With us, as well, the guy who inverted my penis by jamming his so hard into mine, it turned it inside out like a sock. Brayden! Hey, I also uh, circumcised you at the same time. And, jo- <laughs> and joining us today, a young, boy, a young boy I picked up off the streets and invited onto the show in a bold attempt to requisition sex later on, Dave. I expected candy. <laughs> Where's my candy? That comes after. So, uh, so Andy was in charge of writing the intro today, but uh, I he was a little sick, so I was the one who had to say it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happens. My uh, name is. What you're talking? Well, you insisted on doing. You had a lot of things you wanted to get off your chest. And <laughs> yeah, we heard them. We heard it clearly. <laughs> My name is 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 actually Muller. Uh, welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, you. You're uh, looking looking pretty fine today. So. Oh damn. You guys, uh, you guys all know Dave in this place. We do. Huh. Dave, I believe good to know. I believe Dave actually designed the logo for our show. Uh, How did yeah. that go again, Dave? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I'm involved. I, I, I don't know. I, actually, if I'm going to be honest, uh, yeah, you guys came to me and said we want a kick-ass logo. Oh. So yeah, I, that's not how I remember it. I remembered it that you are begging us to make us a logo. <laughs> oh yeah, is that maybe how it went? Maybe, maybe. Was that a real arm you put in the logo too? It was my arm. Oh wow! I, I looked in the mirror. I, uh, <laughs> I lubed it up. I made sure the camera was positioned right, and then uh, I just photoshopped it. That's it. It's pretty awesome. Good. So uh, me and uh, me and Dave went and saw it back in when like September or whatever when it came out. <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, it feels like um, <laughs> biggest biggest jump scare. I've ever seen was Brayden next to me. Yeah. I told him I th- a second I, when I jumped there in it too. I was like, Muller would have jumped even further. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so my sister and my and uh, my wife Carolyn, we we're going to it. I was like, Hey, us, Dave wants to go. So Dave, hop, we picked Dave up on the way there, and him and my sister kind of look at each other like they know each other, and I'm like, Oh my lord, <laughs> I, I, you know, as as the older brother, I'm like, What has happened here? Why do they know each other? You know, it, comedically, but anyway. Um, we get out of the vehicle after, and it turns out Dave is like, yeah, I, was, uh, I saw you at the bank. My sister works at a bank. And they're like, oh, that's kind of weird, because they, they'd never met before, and then the next night, Dave comes to the movie with us. So I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. So we go see it. We're walking out, and we run into my cousin and her husband. And I'm like, Dave, you're meeting all my family today. <laughs> so I introduced them, and I'm like, Dave, you're going to meet my parents tomorrow night. <laughs> so anyway, so we, leave, we left the theater then, and not knowing where I worked, the next morning, I'm at work, and Dave comes into my work, and I'm like, "Are you stalking me now? What the hell's going on?" And yeah, it anyway. was such a he was looking for zone. candy. It was bizarre. Well, I went, I went in, and I had to go. Like, I went to the teller, and I had to go home to get new more papers. And I, I like, I walked. So I walked like, like almost an hour each way. I think it was like 40 minutes. And I get back, and all of the employees are different. Like everybody is. He came during lunchtime, I think. So. I, I did. I know. I realized that, but I was yeah. like, "This is what? What's happening it's now?" Like this like, bizarro. Yesterday, I, I was walking around town, and I I went to the bank, and this girl's looking at me, and I'm like, I go up to her because she's the teller, and she's like looking at me funny, and I'm like, I don't know why she's looking at me this way. And then the next day, you invited me to the movie, and then picked us up, and yeah. or picked me up, and 
Yeah, it was so weird and synchronistic. That's funny. So Dave met a lot of my family that in those couple days. So a couple days. I, I did lie though. He didn't meet my parents, but maybe one day. Not yet. We'll get there. You always want to. <laughs> you, know, you, you always want to know Braden's family. You never know what they're going to do to you, and no. what type of new experiences they're going to open and, up your sexuality to. Unlike oh Mueller's family, we don't have eighteen reunions a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you're gonna. Um, the Mueller reunion is going to be pain. It's going to be a. <laughs> do you have a reunion coming up, Mueller? Uh, yeah, I got. I got. I got. I got. I got two coming up. I got one. <laughs> on, uh, I think. I think the ninth of December we got the we got the old hall have rented we, out. Have we explained this before? Yeah, show. we did. Well, we, we kind of talked about it last time with the with the mass Mueller spanking story and the plays that oh they're. Uh, and uh, but uh, it makes but, my my mind wander. It's <laughs> a so, weird it's territory. It's exactly what you're imagining. Oh. Uh, it's not good. Yeah. So it, uh, so I was I was really upset this week because I, I was somebody. Uh, there's this new trend with gender. That we all know, oh, uh, another new and, one. and well, it's uh, it's it's that you want to have trender. It, it's that it's it's that the, well, they're calling pe- <laughs> they're they're calling people they now. That's not um, new, is it? That's not new, man. Yeah, well, somebody mm. somebody called me a they, and I, and, 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 and I thought <laughs> that's really offensive. Yeah. That's really offensive to me because I don't identify as they. I identify as a man. I I I, I, I think as a we, boy. I think we need another. <laughs> I think we need another term for this because I don't want to be consistently misgendered as a they. It well, bothers me. They probably do it out, it out makes of respect, me feel offended. but I would be I would be insulted as you, well. You can equally be assaulted because or insulted because you you say I'm a cis male, right? I identify as a man. I had Nobody a actually man. says that though. No, it's but like, you have to this day and age when they're like demanding. But it's like the, the, it's the most demanding. Mm-hmm. Maybe these people, if they were real feminists, they wouldn't demand so yeah. many things. <laughs> it's just the most. Let's have the word man. Un- <laughs> it's just the most unnatural, like prison-like environment for a conversation where it's like, okay, you're meeting someone new. Hello, Muller. I am a cis male. I prefer to be called... Like, nobody would ever naturally <laughs> yeah. talk like this in their right mind. So what, so what we should weird do... Weird rules being imposed. So it's what you have to do instead to, to... Instead of uh, talking to somebody and asking them what it is, because that's unnatural, you're supposed to call them they, but they're not realizing how offensive that is to people who don't identify as a they. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's well, just you, it's just another offensive thing to what say. What do you say to like like you know how you know, people say sir and ma'am and what do you say to a they? You, 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 thanks, ma'am. Say hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. What, Hello. I, I find I find it very I find it very offensive to be misgendered so mm. consistently and now, and now that's the that's the law in Canada man. now now maybe, you're sorry. maybe maybe you're like Pat from SNL and don't like, say that sometimes don't say sometimes don't know if if they don't know if it's you're Pat a, you're, a, you're a guy, <laughs> guy or a girl so you're they yeah yeah it's 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 always I just find that they're always trying to create a rule for things that are just judgment. Mm. It's uh, uh, so. So now the law in Canada is you're not allowed to make a correlation between the genitals you were born with, your gender, or your orientation. You're not allowed to suggest that those things are related to each other in any way. This is a law now. This this that that's the new gender identity law that this yeah. whole SOGI thing is coming you from. Get in so trouble, actually. Um. So the other yeah. so the other thing that we have in Canada as kind of spawned from that law is uh, it's called SOGI. It's uh, sexual orientation, gender identity. So gay. It's so gay. So it's, it's, it's rules for how to do education, how to do the school system uh, with all these things right. in mind. So, so like guidelines kind of, right? right? So it's so things like don't say boys and girls say 
Hello, good morning, they. Uh, <laughs> good morning, they. Uh, yeah, so it's it's just it's just chock full of of really dumb rules. Uh, to Man, that makes me really think that John Carpenter was ahead of his time with They Live. There's another, <laughs> there's another commentary they right do there. Live. <laughs> they do live. Yeah, he was... Uh, so much commentary in that movie. I didn't realize we got to put our sunglasses on. I didn't realize that John Carpenter was such an ally. Well, <laughs> like, Roddy, like, you could look at Roddy Piper as like, just this regular dude, and he puts on the glasses, he sees all these aliens, and these are all, the, all the, these liberal crazy people trying to enforce <laughs> these things on him. He's like, no! I can see the ideology in the world. Obey, obey. He passed away, didn't he? Roddy sadly passed away last year. He was was awesome. That was like two years ago, wasn't it? It's been a while. Might have been two years ago, yeah. It was a little while. He was on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I think. Was he really? Yeah, that was a little bit before he passed away. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. So the the controversy that spawned over this uh, in in our small town uh, was was some, some school trustee out of touch, old fart. Oh, yeah, e- exactly. A, po- posting on face on his Facebook Hilarious. page, exactly what you would expect some out of touch old fart uncle to post, which is some <laughs> caricature newspaper meme. You know that you know the type of meme where whoever's a villain in the political meme. So if you're against liberals, it has the liberal person screaming. Their lips are curved so much, like their whole body is flailing about and screaming. They just look like this They're insane. Like a demon. Yeah. yeah, they look like an insane, ridiculous caricature exactly the type of stuff that no young person would ever post but some old out of touch uncle would post mm-hmm. uh, so I, I so he he posts something saying uh, I, I don't know it had something to do with letting letting kids decide their own gender when they're three years old uh, and getting hormones and surgery is probably not a good idea which I, I would be like I would look at that and say yeah it's it's a it's a little bit ignorant but it's but he's just some old out of touch uncle who cares? It's exactly what I would expect some guy like that to post. Yeah, I remember seeing what he posted, and I, I don't remember it word for word or anything. But I do remember it's like you said; it felt like old. It felt like this it was just felt from like a he was out of touch. Man. And but he is. He, he is a seventy-year-old man, and and so so it created this huge controversy, like mm. like like Chilliwack has, uh, where they cannot tell any interesting news so they take some boring thing that your old out of touch conspiracy theory uncle is posting and make it front page headline news because we have the crummiest paer ever that that's all that they can come up with to become and relevant it is, in our society it is at all. Chilliwack and to nothing fair, that yeah, interesting say, happens here nothing ever happens in this town yeah so uh, a few years like ago Hawkins, Indiana a, a, a few years ago <laughs> a few years ago we had a controversy where the homeless shelter uh, they were going to build a teen homeless shelter in Chilliwack. Uh, that was oh, yeah. that was funded. Uh, a, a large part of the homeless shelter, uh, for some reason, is funded by churches uh, and people who say that they want to do good things. Uh, so, so they they were looking at a building whose lease was up. And and they were going to going to going to use it for the homeless shelter. Uh, it's very complicated to find a building that is appropriate for a homeless shelter. Right? There's a lot of criteria and experts. So the headline reads. Uh, Chris, churches evict local coffee shop, uh, and, and and this is the best way that our paper can become can become Dramatic. relevant. Yeah. Uh, a, a coffee shop whose lease is running out and it's just not getting renewed. Evicted. We gotta oh, stir up the funny. drama, see, to sell Which papers. Which is weird. I don't remember enough about that. I, like I remember that that case or whatever story. Yeah. Everyone. Well, the only reason I heard of it was because Braden sent so, us the news article because they, the picture they took of the coffee shop they took while I. 
was walking out of it. So I was in the picture that was on the headline. So I remember, Andy, I remember I texted you. I'm like, dude, I'm in this article. We need to start trolling the oh, comment yeah, section. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And like yeah. eight seconds later, Andy's like, I'm on the case. And then, <laughs> so so all, over, all, the, all over the newspaper online version yeah. of the article, everybody's getting really upset about this. Oh, I hate churches. Oh, he's evicting uh, perfectly good, successful yeah. coffee shops. By the way, I ended up talking to the owner of that coffee shop. He was like, yeah, it's a little inconvenient, but I was thinking of moving locations anyways. <laughs> every, every, but everyone's getting all up in arms. Like, like oh, no, this poor coffee shop owner, that ch- these evil churches evicting him. So, so we were just posting on there. Hey, did you guys see? Uh, did you guys see Brayton in that article? He looks so handsome, and we were just detracting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I went on there and I made up like yeah. stories, like again, anonymously in the comments section. I was like, yeah, rumor has it the guy pictured in this photo is the one that walked in and slapped him with the eviction <laughs> Not even from this town. Yeah. After uh, he first he ordered a coffee from them, and then immediately <laughs> after slapped him with a yeah. summons. A bunch what of my friends shit. hopped on it. They were just yeah posting all these hilarious things about me, and it completely derailed. Just, just derailing That's the conversation. So great. <laughs> yeah. But what's what's weird is that like so like that the newspaper the Chilliwack newspaper or whatever would report it like that because Chilliwack is like a huge huge church town like mm. yeah it's a, it's of a of bit of a commu- Bible Belt for sure. But is it weird? Is, is I don't know enough about our paper because I like who the fuck is reading the Chilliwack Times or whatever it is? But are they really? Do they have like a real anti-religious like? I think I think that them? I think that in that, like a super religious town. I, I, I think they're really gonna, they're weird. trying to stir up their audience and their audience is. Probably Probably a lot of churchgoers. They're trying oddly. to become yeah. relevant, so, and yeah. and the 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 yeah. journalist who did that, what was his name? Paul Henderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and him. he and I always see him We've posting this him this very. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, we're naming yeah. names we're coming here. Coming for you, Paul. It's not. Yeah, we doxed him. His <laughs> <laughs> public <You're> newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> um, he yeah he always posts this this type of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if if he had posted the the, the newest one uh, against this school trustee. Uh, fellow, so so I, I ended up making a video, and this is to, this is to show you how dumb internet commenters are in our town. So I that ended up great I ended up making this video, and I pretty much I think I just really made it for Braden because we were joking about this yeah. thing. So so and I and I look like a crazy person. My hair has grown out. I I clearly haven't had a haircut in a while, and it's just on some low camera low low quality camera about me going off cuz cuz everybody's suggestions were insane so you have this you have this building that they've deemed yes this is inappropriate for a homeless shelter it's uh 4,000 square feet and uh, it, it has these amenities in it yeah. and people go yeah well why don't they just use the old Safeway say- building that's 50,000 square feet and decrepit and falling yeah. apart and they're about to demolish so many people years. said that just, just, doesn't just, have showers just yeah. say just no saying kitchen. the dumbest suggestions the most armchair know it apparently all these people know exactly what it takes to run a homeless shelter yeah. Yeah. these these idiots who just spend all their day on Facebook uh, doing nothing oh I didn't realize you were such an expert they just uh-huh. picked a random building they didn't I, look at the other <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. they're, they're no the churches are just here to put local businesses out of business yeah, like that's they that, hate business they hate business and by the way this is not a church organization it's just a homeless shelter that got a lot of funding from churches right. who yeah. knew that churches give a lot of money to homeless people mm. didn't didn't suspect that um i guess depending on where, where you are maybe if you're in some <laughs> corrupt uh church town maybe that doesn't happen i think i remember commenting on that video and it's, and it's like yeah so if the problem is they're gonna evict this guy 
but they're putting up a homeless shelter like where he used to work. Well, he can just be homeless. Then <laughs> and then go to shelter. Yeah. Be a familiar place. Two yeah. birds stone at once. <laughs> yeah, your video was awesome. Like a really good satire. You're just going, yeah, who, we don't need, you know, yeah, shelters like, for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need homeless people don't ever get uh, raped or abused. They don't need these amenities. What we need is more coffee shops in, in this town. Yeah. Oh, why don't they just go down to the Canton Garden Chinese food restaurant, start the homeless shelter in there. We can get those kids cooking up uh, Chinese food, <laughs> teach them some skills. We have a Tim Hortons on every other block. Yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we get them to start up in the Prospera Center hockey rink? That's only a $50 million building. They That'll can, be just as appropriate I as this 4,000 square foot Fairly and cheap they'll, they'll lease building. And they, yeah, they can just play <laughs> hockey all day. <laughs> just get occupied, get an exercise. Call the Mighty Ducks for the homeless yeah. version. If you got a, if you got a hockey stick in in both your hands, you have no hands left to do drugs. <laughs> So, so we were problem solved. That goalie looks high as hell. <laughs> so, so uh, I was just going on with the most horrendous, just taking everyone's already really bad suggestion. Why don't we? Why don't we just kick everyone out of the hospital and put them, start the homeless shelter up in there? They got everything. Just <laughs> that would be fun. I, I just, troll, I just know. ramped up every suggestion to the worst great. suggestion that I could possibly think it of. Makes it so evident that like their suggestions are just. Ridiculous. Yeah, and and uh, there was uh, there was another church just down the road from this from this coffee shop, and I, and I, and uh, they're mm-hmm. actually they've actually done a few good things for for Chilliwack because they they have a lot of free concerts that you can go see. The only concert venue that I think you really have, every other concert venue is closed down. So they're actually doing something for the culture. It's not just Christian shows or something. Anybody can mm-hmm. go and have a show there. They've promoted a lot of that. So I'm thinking. So I'm saying, oh man, we have this church. They're such jerks bringing culture to our town and what we got to get them out of here like what an awful what an awful church uh and the so the greatest part was for Chilliwack this video went viral we had it five, did, 500 views in 24 hours which it's a small town so that's that's it's pretty much everyone that's yeah. that's pretty my much my sister-in-law me, like messaged me because like you guys aren't friends on Facebook no and I think, the, I think some of the satire went over head because you were like yeah then you got Brayden Adams walking in there and she's like this guy's just going off he mentioned your name <laughs> who is it and I'm like it's just a buddy of mine just being Get a funny. lawyer. but it was, it was great I would say probably half of the people who saw the video because we had 200 comments comment stream things. Oh, it going. went crazy. About yeah. half of the people thought that I was dead serious when I was saying that that homeless youth don't ever get abused or raped. They thought that I was dead wow. serious about, yeah. about comments like that. So people don't get sarcasm. They don't, it man. doesn't come through on text sometimes. It, uh, it was a video. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, oh, it, it? yeah this was me oh talking for oh five God. minutes. And I, I it was it was absolutely amazing. Well, there's uh, other problems there. But. Yeah, so, so fast forward. So this is the type of newspaper that we have creating controversies out of basically not anything. Oh, this guy's lease ran up. Better run a front page article yeah. on it. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, we're spice this things up a bit. Make cashier it. at 7-Eleven harasses customers. The, the, the cashier is just like, hey, is that uh, all you want or did you want any smokes or anything? Uh, no, thank. Oh my gosh. Like, How could they say? Better run front page news for the Chilliwack Progress. Can't wait. We, so, got, we got nothing. So Then they got Braden on the front page. Some guy remembered Things. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Look at the memory competition. Yeah. This? That's how important I am. Braden remembers how to set his alarm clock at night. <laughs> Front page news at the Chilliwack Progress. It's all uh, it takes, guys. So, so this this school trustee fellow Barry Newfelder, whatever whatever his name is. Uh, 
Barry Neufeld makes out of touch Uncle Post exactly what you'd expect from a 70 year old guy. It's kind of like this, this Louis C.K. controversy with, uh, you know, Louis, Louis C.K.'s uh, masturbating in front of people. And it's like, and, and I'm thinking, oh, breaking news, Louis C.K.'s. Uh, Everything he said he was in all of his comedy routines. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, um, he was honest. You know, which uh, it's that that doesn't sound like a great situation and, and not good. I'm not going to comment on it, but no. I just remembered that one thought is, yeah, this is exactly what he says all the time about himself. Yeah, this yeah. is exactly what you'd expect. None of us were surprised. <laughs> no one's surprised, and it's old news from 15 years ago. Um, yeah. So this so this Barry Newfeld guy makes this this caricature post, uh, and I think the basic the end of it is. Uh, if you're letting your your very small children uh, make decisions for their gender and start getting surgeries or hormone treatment, I would call that child abuse. Which today, I would say that that's a contra- that's a contentious opinion. It's weird to me that that's contentious because I I think he worded it really shitty because he worded it like like you said like an old crazy uncle like or a, sa- a crazy old. But that seven- sounds like a perfectly reasonable thing to you wouldn't a very reasonable thing to say to me like you wouldn't let a, so. a seven year old get a tattoo. Yeah, you know what I mean. What, what? You you have to be eighteen to get that or get your parents. I mean, at permission. least at least you should be waiting till kids are hitting puberty before they're making any yes. serious decisions. Like kids, mm-hmm. kids. I, I try not to swear a lot on, on this podcast, but kids are dumb as fuck. <laughs> like, kids are so dumb. Kids think that they're Power Rangers and they jump off of buildings and they're dead. Yeah, and That's also, how dumb kids are. Also, kids are like <laughs> kids are like a new person every year because they're developing. There's all oh, these yeah. stupid trends. Like yeah. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a video game tester. You want to go be a video game tester for EA where you just sit in a menu for eight hours? Kids are stupid. They do not know who they are or what they want, and it's your job as a parent to not let them make totally dumb decisions that affect yeah, them for the rest of their life. You figure it out as you go, I think, too. Because, like, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I, I didn't realize you had to help, like, dying animals all the time. <laughs> I wanted animals to be to happy. You just, you just thought that they brought them in to be pet or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like, they should, like Dave, go wow. work at a zoo. That's what you should do. <laughs> they, 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 they don't know. And, and, and so... I'm not saying that this is completely, this is a contentious topic. There are people on this side, there are people on that side, and I think that both people have, have some good points, right? It's, it's, you don't want kids to get bullied, you don't want, I mean, I, I don't think that anybody on the liberal side is even saying, oh, we should be giving three-year-olds surgeries. I don't think that anyone is saying that. Yeah, I don't actually um, know what the context, I didn't read into this I think story, that, so I don't know what the context of why he was saying that. I think the general opinion is, if somebody feels that they're trans and they're a kid, uh, they shouldn't be bullied for it. Sure. That's uh, pretty yeah, reasonable. Yeah, the surgery, I, I surgery, reasonable surgery and hormone treatment seems extreme, but like allowing them to identify as like a boy if they're a girl and they're like like little, like that seems fine. I, it's it sounds like a weird thing to happen to you psychologically though, because yeah. now people are are acknowledging the way that you felt that week. And there are a lot of stories about people who have made transitions and stuff and now they regret it and they're like, oh, you yeah. know, I, I mm-hmm. I'm not saying that every trans person is just going through a phase. That's clearly a ridiculous thing to say. But as a but seven-year-old they might be. As a seven-year-old, yeah. kids want to be Miley Cyrus. They want to be whoever they see on TV, whatever is popular or controversial. When I was a kid, I wanted to be on Friends. You know, <laughs> what a... Oh, dude. What an idiot. The, if anything, you, you that should... Like Garth. Was that Garth, the guy that like ran the, the, the coffee shop or something? You'd been, you would have been his, like, his stepson or something. <laughs> I hate that show. Right. I couldn't name anyone in it. 
Yeah, it doesn't. It, yeah. It, 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 I'm just that was my my prime example of how dumb kids are. <laughs> it, be, wanting to be on Friends is dumber than wanting to jump off a building because I, you're a power. I wanted engineer. Arnold Schwarzenegger to adopt me. I wrote him a letter, <laughs> I, and I, I was want, like, "Mom, I, I, still, yeah, I would still want that." That's not illustrating oh, my, my point at all. Can you, you please send like this? Crazy. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so people are getting so out, uh, outraged. They're saying, this guy, if, if this is his opinion, then he can't be a school trustee because his job is to keep kids safe. And I remember thinking, hmm, I wonder if there's any quantifiable way to measure whether somebody's good at their job besides opinions they post on yeah. Facebook. Is that what we've been doing since the beginning of time? Oh, this, uh, this here guy's the factory worker uh, putting off the Nike shoes, working them. Uh, 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 well, let's check his Facebook to see if he's very, doing a good job at all. thought police. No metrics or systems. Nobody knows how to run systems or business ever. We've just been referring yeah. to people's Facebook posts as to whether they'd be doing a good job. It's perfectly acceptable for somebody to think that that might be child abuse and also advocate that kids should be treated well and not be bullied. Yeah. Like you could very much be a good person who, who protects kids and makes sure that no one's uh, talking to them in a really crummy way and, and uh, bullying them and also be like, yeah, you know, this is this is also kind of a reality of the situation that kids are super dumb and they and and they and they'll and they'll catch on to trends. I'm not yeah. saying once again. I'm not saying that if you're a trans person that you're just a trend. I'm just saying kids are dumb. It, this might yeah. be this might be yeah. like a deep kind of thing. But sure. I feel like I feel we'll like, go anywhere. Well, I feel like when I look back, <laughs> oh, especially yeah. <laughs> when I look at the back of the way my mom parented me, she would like like she found out I was cursing once and. Uh, and I was cursing with my friends all the time. She found out cursing because I was well, I was crawling under cars and I was writing like fuck. <laughs> I, was, I was writing really big. Right, right, I, uh, right on I, the oil tank. Yeah. No, no, I was writing on the concrete. Oh, so on the, concrete. the mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, you're writing on the concrete. I was doing it on the concrete because oh, I man. thought when the car drove away and it would just say like fuck or like or like crap or something really big. So obviously everyone knew who was doing it, and so like, my mom sits me. Did you? Do some really artsy stuff because because you're. I didn't. I wasn't artsy. Oh back then. man, that's but so but funny. she sat me now. She's like Dave. She's like, you can say any curse word you want with your friends. Don't say around adults, but you can't say the f word until you're 16. And so I immediately got on my bike and I ran down the road screaming shit at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and she like goes to the window. She's like David, pulls me in. She's like I said you could say it and say you could yell it. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't say. I didn't well, say. My point you could is, with this whole cis gender thing, I'm like, you need to give kids like um, a little bit of limitation, but space to like explore too. But I was like, so this whole thing of like kids at an elementary school, like their first day or whatever, getting up and introducing them is like, hello, my name is whatever, and I'm a cis male, and I prefer to be called this, like. Elementary school kids don't care about that stuff. Yeah. Like, I need to properly introduce myself, and they need to use the proper pronouns and stuff. They don't care about that. Just make sure that any kid who is a little weird, like a boy, is in a dress. They're going to look weird. Just make sure they're not getting bullied, like, too harshly or, or whatever, that they're, that they're interacting interacting comfortably yeah. with the other students. You don't need, yeah. They don't need to get up and make this, no, like, I, I actually this have personal a, statement I have a relevant who story. they are. Uh, I'm debating no telling it. Like Just tell it. Well, a friend of mine, he has, he has twins, and they're fraternal, so they're... they're He's different. never going to hear this show, so don't worry. But they're both, they're both girls, and I guess one of them, she decided that she He's a boy that she identifies as a boy. Well, really. twins can't be trans. But they're like that's a fact. They're like four. Like I think she's like four. Or he's like four. And so he said, like, yeah, the you know his son and his daughter they went to school and it was like he said to the kids he's like and so the sister was like this is my my sister but she 
she feels like a boy, and so all the kids are just like fine with it. They're fine. I don't think any kids at that they age just accepted care. it. Yeah, yeah they're no, four they years old. Four year olds aren't bullies yet. Yeah, they're they, all they weird care. and dumb. So, so most uh-huh. people don't abuse their four year old kids yet. They wait till they're five or six. So yeah. that's why they're not no four year old bullies. <laughs> They don't have the gusto to be bullies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't have the motivation. Yeah. So, so this this whole this whole controversy is about this this yeah. soggy thing, which is how do you talk to kids and what, what? Here are the rules now for how to talk to kids. Uh, and and of course the the definition of gender, the government's official definition is that gender, a social construct. It's it's completely unrelated to the genitals you're born with, even though the genitals that you're born with will 95% of the time decide your orientation and, uh, and, your, and your, quote, gender. So, uh, of course, those are not related anymore. By the law, you're not allowed to suggest that those are correlated, so I'm going to be arrested after this episode gets published. Yep. Probably um, a cop waiting outside Is right it not now. a weird contradiction? i got to try and word this properly, but is it not a weird contradiction where the same people arguing that gender is a social construct will also be the same people arguing that someone is born with like a certain gender in their head like they feel a certain way like like no I'm I'm a girl but I feel like a boy or whatever mm. but then you're also saying gender's a social contract but no well, they're definitely like look they were born as a girl so I mean I don't think it's like a weird maybe contradiction yeah, if that makes yeah. sense I don't think it's confusion or something I, yeah, I don't think it's a contradiction because the way that they're engaging with uh, with gender as a like what privilege or I don't know what to call it. The, the way that they're engaging with, with that is in a social context, right? So they're saying women aren't getting paid as much as men in a social context. So I think it's fair for them to say gender is like, I, I mean, I don't think that gender is exclusively a social const, con, uh, concept. What I, construct. Construct. <laughs> now I'm losing it. Um, I heard a, I heard a joke recently uh, by that Jordan Peterson guy who's really controversial, even though he's just a pretty down to earth guy. Yeah. Um, he's he's a psychologist. He, he's a doctor. Uh, he has pretty down to earth opinions about these things that are supported by science. And the joke he makes, he says, to be a biological essentialist, which is saying that your biology does mean something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's illegal now in, in Canada because mm. because when you're doing science with biology. <clears throat> you're going to find things that really suggest things about people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you look at people's DNA, uh, the the code that makes up who they are, it might tell you something about who they are. Uh, that's illegal now. Well, it's illegal to be a good biological <laughs> biologist, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so people are they they're just trying to write rules to to govern normal everyday things. Right, it's like just say they, just just say, use these words. It's like or just don't bully things. I was bullied a ton as a kid. You know what? The, you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. not a surprise. Yeah, not not a surprise at all. Uh, you know what ended me getting bullied as a kid? Uh, the guy that was bullying me, I punched him in the face, and he leaked blood everywhere. It was great. Uh, so. Uh, and you know what would have been a great way for me to stop getting bullied uh, even even after that uh, was uh, just teach me not to be such a weirdo all the time. It's like hey, uh, don't tell people openly that you don't wear underwear. People might think that you're weird if you, if you say things like that, right? Realize this, goes, this goes out to the world, right? Yeah, so it, it, it's, I think that people just, kids are not, kids can't take responsibility for being victims yet. They're just kids, yeah. right? Um, but if you're, you need to teach them that kind of the things that you do do affect people. Like people who are bullies or victims, they have a target on their head. Everybody sees it. 
I, I was exactly that type of kid and I changed schools and every school, I still had that target in my head. So the same, you'd still get bullied. Yeah. It has nothing to do with- Just the mentality you're it, pulling with you. It's, it's, yeah, it's this mentality. So it's, it's kids need to be, mm-hmm. because that's going to follow you into the world. You can't rule make um, an, a CEO into thinking that, someone, that you're going to be good at your job. You can't rule make that in. You need to teach some, someone to be, to be credible, right? So you're just going to kind of protect them for a bit. And, and yeah, I think kids- you really shouldn't be getting bullied. Anyways, so this guy's getting the flack. People are saying you should lose your job because you can't service this effectively because you posted something on Facebook, even though there are totally quantifiable ways to measure whether he's doing a good job or not. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it kind of makes sense. Did so, he end up losing his job? I don't know. I have no idea. It seemed did. like that controversy came up and went away. Like all these stupid social controversies. Yeah, in this environment, it came up and went he away would. Like, he most like likely yeah. would. So, so, uh, I think Sherlock's different, though. Like I said, it's, it's yeah, this small little corner. A lot more conservative going on. And, and this is the problem with all, with all these controversies, too, is uh, so you have everyone's upset at this guy. So whoever is in charge of him losing his job or not feels pressured to do something about it. And if they had just held off for a week or two, it would have just blown over and nobody would have cared. But they have to take action right away to, to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Are you a moron? Don't you know that every social justice warrior has the attention span that's way worse than me? If you just hold yeah. off for a week, they will forget. Yeah. Something else yeah. will show up immediately. Always this, does. This was that exact case. Like I remember it being this huge thing for like two or three days and... I forgot about it now up until you and people it were, yeah, same here. And, and people were super upset about it. There's like petitions to get him fired and stuff. And then there was a petition to not get him fired that had and, way more signatures, yeah. <laughs> which was which was really funny. Because yeah. like I said, it's a small little corn town. It's like, it's people it's don't care about the that. the expectation from from this authority's perspective, whoever's in charge of firing whoever it is, whether it's a company or in this case it's politics, they need to realize the attention like. It's like thinking that someone's going to do heroin and it's going to last them 90 days. Listen, this heroin uh, hit that they just took, it's only going to last two or three days or a week at most. It's going to wear off and they're going to find a new hit somewhere. And if they get the same type of heroin, it's not going to be the same hit. They can't recycle back to the same controversy immediately after. We need another controversy. Just lay low for us. Don't, you know, just, just let it blow off. But I had people who were so mad at me for suggesting... You know, this guy's probably still can do a good job at his job just because of this. Maybe we should, seeing as though he has 30 years of experience, maybe we should uh, check out the schools under his administration and see if uh, bullying's a problem that he's I've, not taking care of. Maybe that would be a good way to tell if he's doing a good job rather than this self-righteous, well, I'm mad at you and you made me feel bad, so I'm going to come after your job yeah. because I don't believe in violence. I only believe in economic violence. I uh, bet, I bet... Uh... I bet his boss just came up to him and just said, hey, maybe lay off the Facebook for a bit. And that's probably all that happened because nobody in this town cares and everyone forgot about it after like a week. Yeah, I have no idea. But it's just, it's amazing how upset that people will get when you're not, I'm not even suggesting, oh, uh, no, we should just bully the trans people more. Like, that's the way that they react to you when you say, yeah. hey, because uh, my biggest point about this is you guys are really wanting to censor this person and come after, come after his job, you are creating a machine. You are creating a machine where people lose their jobs if they say the thing that is not correct or popular. And uh, the, in this case, the SJW brigade can come after you and, and steal your job. As soon as the power changes to the other government, right now we have a liberal government, that machine will be used against you. Do you not see that that's what's going to happen? Are you an idiot? 
you are this is a bad thing to do ever. Yeah. So to me, that's my most bipartisan uh, argument. <laughs> hey, speaking of bullying trans people, I was at a concert. <laughs> 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 One of the opening bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the opening bands. It was a punk rock show, and uh, one of the opening bands. Uh, I didn't know anything about them. I think it's called Reviver. It's spelled really weird. It was that propaganda show, and uh, their guitar player is like a very public uh, trans person. But I, but trans man or trans trans what they some I didn't look trans into yeah. I didn't look person. into what uh, I didn't look into what pronoun he chooses they choose to go by but it was clearly a dude that that wants to be a woman to some degree or is a woman whatever to some degree but all it some did, sort of gender fluidity it took I didn't I didn't know like it's not like he came up and announced this it took me a while like a few minutes to figure it out because it just looked he was just a dude. With, with long hair, just looked like a scraggly like metalhead or punk. Yeah, metalhead guys long have hair. long hair all the time, so you might and, not uh, that might not be a dead giveaway. <laughs> but he but he had lipstick on, and under his his tank top, which was just like a like a regular men's tank top, you could kind of see a pink bra. Other than that, he was totally dressed like and looked like a dude. Other than a, a bra, <laughs> you could kind of see when he lifted his arm, Man. and some lipstick. And I just thought. Man, this is the laziest trans person I've ever fucking seen. Could you maybe put a little effort into it? Like you're clearly I'm not <laughs> I'm not sexually attracted at all right now. <laughs> you're, clearly, you're clearly just a dude with lipstick and a bra. Every everything else about you just looks like a dude. It would be like if I had lip just dressed exactly as I am now. Yeah. You can kind of see a bra under so my there, shirt. And there is lipstick. a difference between identifying as a woman, apparently, and just enjoying dressing as a woman. Apparently that's Yeah, I didn't thing. ask, but I just thought maybe. Little, I think my I think my old drummer off. was that. What, yeah. I don't know what that's called, but uh, yeah, he just like dresser. Yeah, I guess, yeah, but, no. but I don't think he I don't think he had any gender or orientation yeah, problems. He it was all hetero, but, but he just liked you know dressing up. He was really uh, I think a pretty pretty ugly lady to be honest. <laughs> but I said so much to ask, just maybe put a little effort into it here. You know, yeah. look, yeah. I'm all for if you want to be a woman or whatever. I don't. I'm, sure, I'm not going to tell sir. you you can't, but just you know. Put some effort into it. No kidding. Just slap some fucking hormones didn't budge a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so Dave, Dave is an incredible artist. Thank you for being on the show so far. Uh, Done our logo, helping me with a bunch of weird magic show stuff uh, on the side. Uh, So. What have gender you, are you, Dave? Yeah, yeah what gender? <laughs> I, I identify as a meat popsicle. <laughs> uh, so have you guys have you guys heard of somebody talking about binging Netflix like it's a hobby? Like it's a drug? Yeah. Like no, no, like, 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 it's, like it's a the, hobby. Like, like oh, what, what things do you job. like to do? Oh, I like to binge. Mm. Uh, no, Netflix. I've never, I've never heard anyone say that it was a hobby. I've heard people use the term binge. In like Netflix, an addiction. Not as a hobby, though. So I, mean, I guess watching TV could be a hobby, though. It could be an addiction. You could say that. Like, I just like to get loaded on But a, No, it's not an addiction. They're talking about, about it. In a good way? Oh, um, you know, I like uh, hockey, carving little weird uh, wood dolls, and binging Netflix. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, like it's a, its own hobby. When, it's when a you category. watch a show like that, you, like, you get that feeling for, like, that amount of time. Like, I watched Band of Brothers straight through, and I felt yeah, like I, I went to is, World War II. I don't, I don't yeah. binge shows. I, I think I've talked with you before. I don't know about on the yeah, show. Yeah, I, I, I like to binge a show. I don't like like binging shows but my hobby is not shows. binging 
Uh, Netflix. Someone describing that as a show, though, where they just like pick a Netflix show and then just watch like ten episodes in a row. Like that's a, that's that, that's like saying my hobby is marathoning Lord of the Rings, and it's like, no, you're just marathoning Lord of the Rings. That's not a hobby. It's just something that you did. But if they yeah. regularly do it, it could. Yeah, be. if they did it like yeah. once or twice a week, like you if, can't get better at binging ne- things. It's not something that you. It's not a craft that you work at like a hobby, and you can try. And there's skill involved. A hobby. You're you just nec- doing it a lot. You don't necessarily need to be skillful for something to be a hobby. It's like or, or need time. to get better it, on it. You guys are really time. legitimizing people who see marijuana as a hobby instead of just smoking. <laughs> like yeah, this, this dumbs. Because I realized, no, I don't actually have a huge problem with people smoking weed. I just realized they're so annoying when it's their hobby. Like, it's not a hobby. Well, it's, it's just being lazy. Well, what's my hobby? I like to sleep. It's, it's only that, annoying to me when it becomes a part of their identity, like the weed shirts. But that's how their, hobbies work. They are a part of your identity. That actually goes into the whole pride discussion. I guess, I guess I've just never looked. I, I, I could take it says a guy with a metal T-shirt on and a metal beard. It's like, oh, I don't know if hobbies are a part of your identity. It's just that people know my hobby literally by looking at me. <laughs> I've never also considered listening to music as a hobby. I yeah, don't know. I never, I never even think I. about it. Right, listening to music, I wouldn't consider a hobby. But you guys are these huge uh, metalheads. You're always talking about subcultures and kind of analyzing things. And you write a top ten metal albums list every year. I would kind of, I go to that's twenty metal shows and, a year. That's mostly just for me and Brady me, to yeah. share with each other. It's, it's a, no one else looks at them. <laughs> right. I mean, I kind of look at them, but uh, I, I see that as a bit of a hobby just because there's a bit of knowledge involved, right? Mm. It's you're kind of learn you're learning about this. Braden used to run a, a metal radio show when we were starting the show. It was going to be a metal podcast, and but you could really yeah. get into the shows and analyze what they're doing, like like what what we do. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you know, I'm binging. This Netflix reminds me of Bill Burr. I, I think Bill Burr said something about this with Pride, with like people taking pride in things that they don't get yes. better at. They just like right. like sleeping. Like I'm really proud to be able to sleep, and it's like you don't try to do that. You don't like really have to make effort to sleep. Yeah, it's a biological function. Like, I, just, <laughs> like I just breathing. think people in general are just a bit too proud of themselves. Everyone could benefit from being just a bit more ashamed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the literal, That's the first post on our yeah, website if you go is. way back that's in the archives. Is, Let's get uh, everyone should be a little more ashamed of themselves. So I was looking up the Beyond Stranger Things talk show. Okay, uh, so what is and, that? And, 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 I watch that. I watch all of it. It's just like the Talking I Dead or whatever. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. and it's, oh, uh, what interesting things do you think a bunch of kids are going to have to say about this? Yeah, they're great on the show, but that doesn't mean their good writers are good at coming they're up with interesting... They're probably. just a bunch of kids. It, it, they're just good actors. And it was hosted by the bald, uh, what is it? The Dean Deacon from Community. From yeah, community. right. Happy right. Halloween. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I saw that thing on Netflix and I didn't dare go anywhere near it. Yeah, so I, I watched it. Was, it was informed. They had some interesting things. Right. So 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 he starts up and he says, if you're like me, you've probably just watched you've probably just uh, watched nine hours watching Stranger Things, but you're mad that you don't have more episodes to be binging. Oh, I love binging Netflix. <laughs> oh, he's just like talking about it like it's this hobby. Um, which leads me to my most hated movie ever of oh, the week. The week. They killed her. Now they're going to kill me. <laughs> Stranger Things 2. Uh, I got a bit of a... You sin- hate this? How dare you? Yeah. yeah. How, boner, could, you, how could you possibly... Yeah. Yeah. Say goodbye to your job. How could you possibly hate yeah. this? <laughs> Say goodbye this to your is, job. This, yeah. <laughs> it's very nice and Good thing. luck making season three after this. You have a different opinion than me? 
Let's get Goodbye. this guy. You're you're not fit to be a podcast host about movies if you don't like Stranger <laughs> Things too. How could you clearly be good at that job? Uh, or I've never heard of Stranger Things. Could you please tell me what it's about? Do you have a Wikipedia synopsis? <laughs> yes. Uh, Netflix sensation Stranger Things is back with a real brilliant callback to the way 80s movies really used to be. Here's how it goes. First, you make a brilliant first movie and then you follow it up because it was popular with a studio-motivated, money-motivated, not director-motivated sequel that's considerably worse than the first. This is the great 80s trend. Back with Stranger Things 2... The Dunderbruffer brothers have taken this 80s movie trend to a whole new level by satirically creating an entire nine hours of very expensive, painstaking content just to make the joke that 80s sequels are usually pretty bad. Wow, what commitment. It's amazing to see these guys' dedication to a joke that's really only minorly funny. Not only did they take a 10 out of 10 series and trash it, but they made Stranger Things 2 a mediocre 6 out of 10, meaning it's not downright terrible, but it's just average, just like most 80s movie sequels. These guys are dedicated. It's an insanely subversive, nuanced joke that I'm surprised anybody had the dedication to pull off. Truly an artistic feat. Stranger Things 2, again, stars our group of adults, teenagers, and the lovable children who are now going through puberty, so they're kind of teenagers, but it's hard to tell. Stranger Things 1 had the mystery of the Demogorgon, the upside-down world, and the most important mystery, where is Will Byers? Stranger Things 2 ramps up the mystery with a few more. Demogorgon dogs, uh, the upside-down world, and a smoke monster, that same one from Lost, uh, and the most important mystery, does Will Byers have PTSD? In true 80s sequel style, followed three groups of people go through these vaguely interesting mysteries and a bunch of unrelated subplots that have lackluster endings as they try to tie them together. The commitment to how the 80s did sequels is really astounding here. Uh, the artistic value on this mildly humorous joke is a 10 out of 10. Amazingly subversive. Great job, Dunder, Dunder Brothers. Was that a synopsis of the entire, of the entire plot? Of that the, was straight, straight, <laughs> from, the Wiki, straight Wikipedia. from Wikipedia. Uh, to be fair, the smoke monster looks a lot better in Stranger Things than it ever did in Lost. Yeah, I mean, Oof. the animation... Yeah, the, I, the animation is a lot worse in uh, in Stranger Things I guess two, it was I think, a smoke the, monster, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just I remember, I remember it was the just end. a kind of weird shadow. Like yeah, this. I thought it was like really ominous and interesting. I actually liked it quite a bit. <laughs> but the, maybe the parts where it was turning into smoke and flying around, I, I didn't consider maybe that was lame. Yeah. So everybody loves Stranger Things, and everybody loves Stranger Things too. Oh, I loved it. It just. Do you know? Do you know? What Dave's the, doing motions here, but you're. I did. It's an audio program, Dave. Do you know what, <laughs> do you know what the consensus is? Just, do people like season two more than season one? I never really paid much oh. attention. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure yet. Oh, <laughs> dang it! <laughs> what are you hitting me for there, Dave? No reason. No. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> Dave's got a. Dave's got a katana you say, here. You say like too much. Oh. I made it my job to whack you. Okay. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna off you. Maybe whack you. Poke him in the eye. Maybe whack you off. Okay. <laughs> so, sir, what are the what are the rules here? Uh, don't say like too much. Don't say like. Don't, hey, don't say like at all. The Dunder no Bro similes for you. The, yeah, the Dunder <laughs> Brothers are 
as if <laughs> Stallone. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe uh, I think that's a more fair game if I can still use like for the intended purposes yeah. instead of the millennial thing. Uh, I hate saying like so much. Uh, I, I embrace your your discipline to to, it's, it's to so stop California, this, isn't it? Once and for all, like whatever. It's 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 the worst. Uh, before we get into some more, or before we really get into the our Stranger Things talk, maybe we should get into some Gremlins talk. <laughs> <laughs> Just through the synopsis, and we're already at, at the well, first we're like, Gremlins. We're like Fifty minutes <laughs> in, the fans are starved. Yeah, they're starved for. Gremlins two theme. Back to Gremlins one. We got a lot of complaints last week because we didn't have a Gremlin of the Week last week. We had Gremlin of the Year, and people were happy with that, but they were really missing Gremlin of the Week. So we, we really we got to bring it back here. Yeah. We got to bring back Gremlins. They both have 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, Stranger Things 1 and 2. I thought you said, oh, really? I thought you said Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Yeah, just 100% on both. 6% on both. The only movies that have more than 100%. So, Braden, what is the... My gremlin of the week is the military gremlins from Gremlins 2. Military gremlins. I don't remember them at all, and I just watched Gremlins 2. So my last gremlin I took from the the song, the gremlins singing section of Gremlins 2. The big song and dance Um, number at the end of the I watched through it again today, and I was like, man, there's just so many friggin' good gremlins. (laughs) Like, I I made a ton of notes. I'm like, man, there's a a lot of good ones in here. So these ones, though, because I I figured we got to get a good one back, get this on on the right track. So there's... um, what do you call it? Like, there's a bunch of gremlins dressed up like they're at Mardi Gras. Like, cha 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 cha. Hey, like da, salsa. Da. Like, it's like yeah, kind of. It's like a dance train, and they're yeah, going yeah. through. So they they kind of conga line. Yeah, conga line. They make their way through, and they're uh, just going through the building. And they when they leave the shot, all of a sudden we're treated to a bunch of gremlins dressed up in like military garb. Uh, it looks like a like a military barracks. There's uh, like crates and boxes that say. Um, Stuff like acne nitro, and uh, there's bazookas, guns, a uh, bunch of like oil, like heavy duty looking barrels that look they've they probably like. Maybe we need to be hitting Braden for saying like here and stuff. <laughs> Man, so I could reach you. Um, they pass by a box that says bazooka missiles, which then all of a sudden gets cut with a chainsaw. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So anyway, these these gremlins just got they're firing their guns and they're just. It's just kind of a quick shot. But the best part of it is when they get to the end of the shot, these two engineer-looking guys, one's got like a hard hat on, like he's an engineer on the, on the job, you know. You know, like the important guys in movies where they're walking around, all the, the grunts are working, and the executive guys are there, and the, the engineer's like, oh, here's what we're doing, the, the blah, 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 blah. Well, they, they roll down like this blueprint, and these two engineer guys have the Statue of Liberty drawn on it uh-huh. with a big like circle and a line going through it like they're either going to blow it up or <laughs> s- steal it maybe like shredded it and yeah or maybe turn it into a gremlin maybe or maybe live in it i don't know statue of liberty gremlin but these yeah these military gremlins i guess want to take out the statue of liberty so nice. it's all in like a two second span Classic. and then it's gone yeah, that sounds like an invasion of <laughs> yeah of america but the Anyway, soldier, <laughs> marine, military gremlins. Gremlins two theme from now on only. So what were we talking about? So, so some stranger, stranger things. things. I, we got. Let's get our ratings across. Let's because I. 
I think my six out of ten is. I don't think the show is downright bad, but when you're looking in the context of this this first Stranger Things one versus Stranger yeah. Things two, it's it's brutal, man. So it's it's. Should we maybe give a rating for I, both, I, both I, seasons? No, no. Having seen the first version first. And then seeing Stranger Things 2, I hated it. Really? I, 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 I was super pissed off. Mm, okay. Pretty much after the third or fourth episode, I was just so constantly go, pissed off. You want to go across the table and get kind that of... That doesn't consensus? really... Well, because I feel like you loved Stranger Things 1 more than I did, and, but I also seem to have liked Stranger Things 2 more than you did. Like, I would call Stranger Things 1 maybe a 9. Maybe I could even go a little bit lower than that. It felt a little flawed and a bit... Too much uh, on the. Nostalgia. I'd probably really give it a nine point eight. I don't want to give it a ten, but it, it wouldn't be like close to a perfect for me. A nine no. at, at the most. Uh, so season two, I would call like a seven point five, maybe an eight on huh. a good day. If it wasn't for one particular episode that I want to talk about later. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, overall, I thought it was good, but it certainly wasn't as good. But it didn't seem outrageously bad to me, and I had negative feelings going into season two. Which I'm sure we'll get into, but yeah, I'd give so the first season was probably like an eight point five, <laughs> maybe a nine. I really liked it, and then season two didn't for me didn't really pick up till the end. Um, I'd probably give it maybe a seven. I feel like it's generous though, mm. but I feel like a six is a bit low. Very generous. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like season one, like when I think back about it, how I felt about it, like it actually uh, it was really original. This the soundtrack and like the style of it was captivating. So I would probably go nine as well, like nine out of ten. Yeah. Season two, I thought they did a lot really great. Like they continued it somehow. I I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be way worse than it was. So I think it's probably like close to you, which is probably like Andy, which is like eight point five ish. Okay. Yeah, that's slightly, that's so, slightly worse. I already regret asking everyone for their scores. It's the most boring <laughs> thing ever. Um, so I you, this baffles me. Mm. Why 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 would you like this? I think it had a lot of great like '80s themes they tapped into more and that I really loved, like, like PTSD. Kind of, well, a lot of it is the look. Yeah, uh, uh, well, you know, like a lot of it was the look that they seemed to enhance in the '80s. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one guy's name, the it was like Nancy and her like Jonathan, Jonathan? Boy, uh, the, Steve? the boyfriend Steve. Steve. Yeah, he, he looks so Steve. cool in parts in this. Like when they go down the tunnel, he's got this bat and he's just like his that hair, hair looks man. insanely got cool. The 80s jacket and the bat. It, it the just got better and blood. better. I mean, yeah. other, other than a few points, I really wouldn't criticize the look and feel of the show. I just don't think it was really much better than the first one. I think it just well, recycled I think, the I thought same it continued thing. it in the right way. I think what right I liked way. about season two is basically that. And this is why I don't consider it as good, is that it just felt like more of the same. It was just, yeah. Just it was more of the same. Like, they actually hit, like, a lot of very similar plot points. But what I like, I like that world they've created. There's lots of good characters. And, yeah. yeah, the feel of it, like, the tone of it, I like all of that. But it is more of the same. Everything positive I could say about season two would just be the positives about season one, but not as... Except, well, except for none of it's compelling, because yeah. the main it's conflict is mm. super weak, and the mystery is already resolved it, at the it, beginning of the entire changed, season. I think the story had to change because the first one really was about this mystery of what the frig is going on. And, and I think season two, we already know what's going on. Now it's a matter of like what's happening with it now. And so it's like toxifying the planet or the world, the, the city. 
and then they have to like figure out how to address it and and everyone's changing so you get into the smaller stories of like everyone's personal growth and the character right to, to me i liken it to rogue one uh Hey, did you guys ever want to hear the details on how they got the plans for the Death Star? That's well, not near as bad as Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. I always want to know how right. they got the plans of Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't actually really care. It's like, hey, did you want to know uh, how the Demogorgon reproduces? No, not I don't. I don't really care. Uh, but that hey, wasn't what the season was about. It was more about uh, Will again. Yeah, deal. Hey, did, did you ever want to see somebody just have PTSD on a show? Uh, no, I, no, not really. Can we have something more interesting? Well, I think, uh, I think here's the problem is that there wasn't really a centralized focus. Like, you can say that it's, oh, yeah, season two was more about uh, the where did the Demogorgons come from, but it's not really about that. It's more kind of about Will, but it's also not really about that. It's kind of about the vines. And that, the problem yeah. is, so season one, what I liked about it from a story structure-wise is you had this one centralized problem. Will has disappeared. Will Byers and is missing. He's missing and potentially into this secret parallel evil universe, whatever it, whatever it is. They're trying to figure it out. So... From a story structure, I thought what was brilliant, we had the kids, and they're trying to figure it out because they're all friends with Will. Yeah. Then we had the teenagers who are like friends, again, friends and family. They're trying to figure it out. And then you had the adults, and they're trying to figure it out. And they all did it in a way that made sense. It's like the, the teens are looking at it like it's... Sorry, the kids are looking at it like it's a D&D game because they're nerds and they play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, the teenagers are like setting up bear traps and trying trying to hit it with a bat, very destructive and, and angsty and whatever. And then the adults are like trying to actually deal with They're the They're dealing government. with this kind of conspiracy theory yeah. thing so going you on. you saw the same centralized focus, but from three different perspectives. Very good story. And structure. anytime they had subplots, like the teenagers, for example, uh, they, uh, they are having all these... Uh, bullies and like problems like that, but it's all it's all very connected to Will Byers is missing. Yeah. So so they feel they're like there's a lot of continuity in all those things. So yeah, season so, season two, <laughs> season two, it doesn't. The, I think this is actually the main problem of it for me. It doesn't have that structure. It's like you kind of have the main story with. Will and he's they've they've found him now, but he's got PTSD. I honestly sort of. don't really know what the main story was. I don't even think when I'm thinking about it, they're really kind maybe of, that was it. I think it was the vines, but anyway. So, but that's not the really, vines. Did you want to see the vines yeah, growing in the earth? Anyway. You want to see the pumpkins the, all I think, die? I, I think the main <sighs> story must be about Eleven and finding your mom. But her story and your sucked. Sister. Yeah, her story ass. sucked ass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but that, that's my point. Is a lot of it seemed to focus around Will and his PTSD and how it relates yeah. to the secret vines, evil vines, mm. inside out vines growing underground. But then there's Eleven's story, which is her just hanging out in a fucking cabin the whole goddamn season until she shows up at the end. But it's not related to Will at all. But then Dustin comes across like the little mini Demogorgon creature thing and he's kind of raising it. That's not really much related to Will at all. This is what and I'm, it was boring. It, it wasn't. It, it was it, not. This it is was what only connected in the sense of that one kid and her like have this connection where they're trying to find each other almost. Like I think that's the only like vague connection. It, just, it felt... <laughs> I, w I won't say that it's terrible. I think everything did come together at the end kind of sloppily, but it did come together. But it didn't feel as focused, and it didn't. It just didn't feel as focused or as clever as the first season. So yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sum all the problems up uh, very very simply, which is don't show the monster. This is exactly how this is exactly what the first season did really really well. Um, but and this is an inherent problem with sequels, as you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I'm I'm gonna say it in a literal sense and a, and a more of a metaphorical sense. So. Uh, 
if you have a monster, uh, typically you wouldn't want to show the whole thing in broad daylight because the monster's not scary. They usually don't look that good because it's back in the 80s or whatever. So you use effects like strobe lights or you only see its arm or just mm -hmm. part of it. And just because uh, the less of an darkness. understanding you have about something, the, the scarier it is. It, well, it's as why we we're afraid of the dark. The unknown. As, as yeah, we exactly. established with Saw's giving, uh, your imagination will create a much scarier image than any filmmaker probably would. Well, it's like your parents. Would. Telling you to say no, or like I say no to you, but they go or else, or else, and you fill that or else in with like the worst <laughs> thing you can imagine. I always thought my mom was gonna. I never filled that in. I didn't. I helpless parents. Uh, so <laughs> I, I agree with that though that they definitely shouldn't have shown it. I think I don't remember when they showed the full vision of it. I just remember when she was like closing the hole, and you kind of <laughs> see it, it the shadow of it. You know what I mean? Like through right. that. And I thought that was epic. So that's I, all I remember. I think they were fine about how they showed Because even, even by the end of the season, you don't have a clear grasp of what the hell that thing is. Yeah. We're talking about the big shadow Yeah, except for that I wasn't scared of that thing at all. Like I some a, a, a hole say, in the earth? Am I supposed to be scared of this? What is this? Star Wars? Well, he, <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't the hole. Well, their explanation. Yeah, and they showed him entirely, the, the, the black monster. You just see. But they didn't show you him see, You see him. You, what do you mean? I mean they, drew, they, they drew pictures of but his entire being. But you don't ever get like a close-up detail of him. Like he kind of looks like he could be a cloud sometimes, or maybe he's a shadow, or maybe he's smoke. Like you don't. You guys really just know. assuming it's a he. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. They, don't around. say they well, either. That's he's, offensive. He's evil, so it must be a man. The shadow is just a metaphor for the patriarchy. Uh, so you, you have these demogorgon dogs that are running around, just kind of uh, really openly willy-nilly. So uh, this really scary monster from the last one. Oh, it's. Uh, it's it, you know they just run around in the hundreds, but so immediately is, diluting the impact of mm -hmm. that monster. This is what I'm saying. This is the problem. A big problem with sequels is is you can't you can't start from where you started in season one because now you've already like by the end of season one you've seen. Well, the if it's a mystery, then yeah. Unless you're going to introduce a new mystery, I thought that this show was going to be an anthology where they're going to have a whole new set of characters in kind of a similar universe with a totally different. Uh, conflict. They might have been able to reuse the upside down world. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if they should have reused that. But I thought they were just going to take some of the tone and some of the themes and and redo it. I, I honestly thought they shouldn't have done a second season at all. And I definitely agree with my initial thoughts now. Um, there was there was rumors uh, right after season one finished, and they had confirmed they were working on season two because it was so popular. They had confirmed that like right the fuck away. Um, that there was rumors floating about that it was going to be an anthology season. So if people don't know what that means, it would be like the same universe, basically what most yeah. same same universe, but different. But set Andy's got to say it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm. But I think it should exist in the same universe and should it still exist? It should still deal with like the Hawkins laboratory. It was Hawkins mm. laboratory. Yeah. Hawkins, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe they were um, doing some other experiments. Yeah, they, or maybe something. they got the foundations, you know, across the country. Which well, they they sense. should because I, I keep thinking back to the first season where they like duplicated that that boy, whatever what was his name. I I always forget, but Will, Will Byers, Will right? Will Byers. So they, made, they made a duplicate oh, yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, How did they do right. that in the eighties? That that lab, you know. What do you mean? Like the eighties is the is the ultimate period for practical effects. <laughs> of so course, yeah. they wouldn't have been able to CGI him. Not of course. practical. <laughs> I'm talking in the story, not like I production. Heard the, I heard those rumors, and I thought that was a brilliant. I thought it was such a brilliant idea that it was like rumors that were like pretty not. much confirmed to be true because mm. it was like, yeah, that's the direction the show should go. And then they announced, no, it's going to continue with the same cast. They should have, I, I they, thought that was a weird decision because it's like, 
the whole idea in season season one and what makes it special is it's this small town little thing and you have like these little kids taking on this crazy interdimensional monster, but they're treating it like a D&D game because they're just from a small town. They're not used to big crazy things happening to them yeah. all the time. And they're so not they're really able it. to process how big of a exactly. problem this is. So, and, and the whole small town vibe continues with that same trend in mind. But then when we go into season two and we're continuing with the same characters, it's I'm now led to believe that these, oh, these kids just go on invent, crazy science, science fiction dimension, dimensional stories every week. Like they, go, yeah. the they go on these adventures all the, all the uh, time. Like, they're, they're the no. Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, these kids that... Yeah, really, they're the Ghostbusters. dress yeah. up as the Ghostbusters, yeah. really. These kids that defeated a monster through... Dungeons and Dragons means that should have been like a charm, like like it it worked. In now this it's just a tired trope in the yeah, second season. It worked in this particular circumstance because it just it just happened. Yeah, they did do that twice. I did like the explanation of the like big bad in the second one, which is like it's like this monster that doesn't know that it something or other, and it's going to destroy. Just well, they called it the Mind Flayer. Yeah, uh, called so. And I was I was just about to bring this up. Is uh, so in the first one they're playing D and D. Uh, there's no conflict yet. They're just playing their Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, he's like, "Are you going to cast Fireball or not? We don't know what this monster <laughs> is going to be." And he goes to cast it, and then and then he says, "Okay, I'm going to reveal it as soon as you make your choice what the monster is." And then they're all there's this kind of fun tense scene with the kids, and oh, and he slams down. It's the Demogorgon! No, and they all freak out. Oh no, yeah. it's the Demogorgon, and our, it's this it's this awful monster, right? And that's that's this metaphor they use once the once they actually find this monster in the show and the conflict reveals itself. They 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 say, "Oh, it's it's like." It's like the Demogorgon that we established. Really, really strong, iconic imagery that they established right away. In the second season, they're like, oh, it's this monster. Uh, let me pull open my D&D book. Yes. Reread through the book. Oh, uh, it's like what? a mind flare. way more sloppy. Like, even the way in season one they came up with the name The Upside Down World, it's because they have their D&D board, their little game board, and then they'll... And, the, and Eleven and doesn't kids, know how to talk to them because she doesn't speak yeah, well. And, and she's she trying, can't explain She's trying it. to explain them, so she takes the board, flips it upside down, and, and explains that as the alternate. It was so very like, okay, natural and yeah. organic. The positive, the positive about that in this season, I think, is that it's interesting. I think that the kids seem to have, like, out of everyone in the show, they, they're the ones that have the grasp on what this could be or how to connect to it, how to think about it. Right, but it. the dynamics of... adults can't relate to this. This is, like, not supposed to be happening. Exactly, but the, but the dynamic of the adults and the teenagers and the kids just gets all messed up now hmm. because the kids are taking this place of, of, of kids who cannot even possibly comprehend the yeah. conflict... Pro- uh, now, now, and you have teenagers who actually have a certain lucidity about them, but they're dealing with this own drama. And then these parents who are talking more about the political thing—they're actually less concerned about the fantasy aspect, right? Yeah. Uh, moving to the second season, what dynamics? Are, well, the kids are pretty good at dealing with it, and the teenagers are pretty good at dealing with it, and the parents kind of well, know it everything. all too. It's like they don't. There's no differences. Why even have these three sets of characters other yeah. than we had them in the first season, so we'll have them now? Well, the problem is they—they also—they tried to mix and match all the characters, so now you have Hopper. And he's hanging out with Eleven, and now like uh, Steve, the the teenager, he's kind of babysitting over the kids. So they kind of mix, yeah, if, all the adults. And I don't know how to kids. explain well, all these even, characters. Even the love triangle with what is his name, like Dustin, uh, yeah. Dustin, Max, and Lucas. Like, yeah, that, I want to talk about Max. That, that, Max is a girl. If you haven't seen, yeah, it yet. I, I don't, I don't know how to talk about this. Don't get excited. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this with people who may have not seen this show or either season. I think it should be pretty accessible to that. So I'll just say, we'll just. I think what's most important. Is is each character is either a kid, a teenager, 
or an adult. That's yeah. that's what matters. And right? that's we, the simplicity of that's what made season one and, story structure yeah, so and, brilliant. And when we when we talk about those characters, we can kind of uh, go at it. So uh, so don't show the monster. They sh- as far as just a filmmaking trick, they showed the monster way too much. I don't think um, they broke that as much as you think. They oh did. man, yeah, they I don't, so I don't so just by much. the fact that the end of it, we don't know what the smoke what what. I yeah. call it a smoke monster. We don't really know what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. You're more focused on the demi, the demo dogs or whatever, and then you you see this the thing, lamest villains ever. But you don't know how this thing is involved. This big bad. You don't yeah. know how it's involved. I yeah. actually like how a lot. Do- I, like, what's I actually like how they handled the shadow monster, whatever yeah. mind flare or whatever. They could have done a better job with yeah the mind flare thing and how they named it. That was sloppy. Except- but in terms of showing it, I thought they did a fine job because you only you only really even see like its silhouette as like lightning strikes behind it. You never mm. get any idea of and what that, the texture of scene, it it's so good except for you don't care <laughs> like i don't i don't even care I what it is i definitely cared less in, there, in season two i'll give you there's that, there's but. no hinting towards what types of motivations this villain might even have i don't yes, i don't even at, some, at least sorry. the demogorgon you knew that he's a uh what did we establish he's attracted to blood uh and he'll probably eat you that is <laughs> right, it's, it's this. In, I think this we're meant to assume thing. that it's it wants to destroy. That's, well, that that's is where something we're meant to perhaps they could. Great, they really could, interesting villain. They could <laughs> rectify that in season three, maybe if he's if if this gets more involved in his story. But I will agree that rolling does, my eyes so hard at that thought. I will agree <laughs> that does make season. Read two. the book. Read the the fan. No, this is <laughs> this is a continuation <laughs> of the story. <laughs> I will agree that that does make season two less compelling. It's hor- uh, My the other main. Main point I have, other than don't show the monster, is that the the conflicts or the villains are super weak. I would, uh, either either the implied conflict is really weak, or the resolution of that conflict is really weak. Bob so, might disagree with you. Yeah, Bob, Bob got tore the fuck up. Yeah, we got uh, Samwise Gouge. No, that was super weak. Uh, you, uh, yeah, huge spoilers by the way. If you if you haven't seen the show and, you, oh, yeah. and you're Should going say to an hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> so uh, so. Uh, Samwise Gamgee is in this uh, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I was trying Sean so Austin. hard when I watched because I watched yeah yeah you're trying not to view him. No, as, but as I, Sam. I was uh, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings for a while, and I think I've mentioned in the past in the show like I've become less and less interested in Lord of the Rings, and the, yeah. especially after the Hobbit movies and whatnot. And I was trying so hard to remember. I was like, what the hell was this? Is Frodo and Mm. What the hell is his name on this? <laughs> Steve? I was like, no. It, it's got to rhyme because all their stupid names rhyme. It's like <laughs> Feely and Keely or whatever. I was like, is it like Frodo and Dodo? Bobo? Dodo? I, I, could, I could not remember his name all season. So, all I was trying when he Sean, was on screen. Sean asked so, so one of the... One of the the, I was going to say, it's Rudy. <laughs> it's Rudy, yeah. I, I couldn't stop thinking of the Goonies. And they yeah, had, he's in the Goonies, They too. had uh, well, like an Easter egg to the Goonies in there where he was talking about finding treasure or something, some treasure. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't they, they threw that That makes sense, there. but I never, I didn't pick up on that. That's funny. Because they, they loved that he was, uh, he wanted to be this character and that he was from the 80s and this show's all about the 80s, so they're like, that This show, I will say, this show overall, season one and season two, I love their depiction of dads. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Bob's the same dad though, and, and Bob, well, Bob, right? Just just sticking oh, right. with Bob. Like Bob's, not, dad, Bob's yeah. not Bob's not really a dad, but he's, he's, he's trying to play the he's trying the adult. To, yeah, he's trying to play a stepdad like figure. Yeah, and his advice, like he's just like this so super wholesome guy, but he also just doesn't know what he's getting into and the stuff. Like he's talking about like Radio Shack stuff and working it there, not realizing that the people are talking to him about like crazy sci-fi interdimensional stuff. I loved every, everyone seemed to. Yeah, have he, loved Bob. He, he was great. 
But I love, I think it's Will, the, the Will's dad. No, his, I, I, no, I think it's, oh, he's it's awesome. Mike's dad. Mike's, Mike's dad, dad. That's Mike's right. Dad. Sorry, yeah. Mike's dad. Mike's, Mike's is, dad is one, of, one of the kids. <laughs> he one of the kids. He's my favorite character. Oh, he's the greatest the 80s dad. Show. I love it. I think he's, he's just annoyed all the time. Yeah, I just love it, too. At the beginning of this season, he, they show him talking to the government officials, and they're trying to explain to him, like, what went on with this crazy mm-hmm. dimensional stuff. And the government's just, just calling it, like, a Russian, like, some Russian cover-up, like, Russian government thing. And... And they're talking to the dad, and, it, and the camera just kind of passes by a conversation. And they're talking to the, the dad, and he's like, "Don't worry, we're all patriots here." Secret yeah. because <laughs> he just thinks it's yeah. some like, "Oh, the Russians are invading." I want to see like he's by far my favorite character on the whole show, I, and he I, probably uh, got maybe what? He gets no screen maybe time. Get, maybe a well, minute and ten seconds of screen time this season. It's yeah. that typical dad of like kind of chauvinistic woman has her place, and and yeah. so she's kind of like. Uh, uh, yeah, she's reading romance novels while he's just kind of lounging around. He's on the around. couch drinking a beer, watching football. Yeah. Like, I kind of like when Dustin. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love him because he's just like the most apathetic dad. Like he, he's great. Like one when, of the when other... Dustin came to the house yeah, and, just and he's like, of. you know, his, his, he's just so annoyed. His, his, it says Mike here, and he's like, he's like, no, kids don't live here anymore. Yeah. He's like, well, you're a lot of damn help, and he's like, language. Yeah, <laughs> like that's he's all he said. Yeah. There's this huge problem going on around yeah. him, and he's just oblivious to it because he's just like, oh, I gotta watch my, gotta watch my football games or whatever. Yeah, he's just like I love. I want to see a spinoff Stranger Things show just focused on his dad, yeah. just oh, being a Mike's really dad. Bo- the yeah, show, just you know being a really boring dad. Better doing call dad Mike's stuff. dad. It'll be super fucking dull, and nothing will ever happen on the I show. And I'll watch I, uh, every episode. I think they need to line it. it up with uh, the Lost Boys, where he plays the head vampire. Because <laughs> oh, that's what he reminds me of so much. <laughs> Never seen it. No worries. Oh man, you gotta see it. <laughs> so I want that spinoff show, Mike's dad. <laughs> I think Mike's that Mike's dad that's the title of it. I, th- I think that <laughs> yeah, it didn't even have a bland yeah, title yeah. Every, every, every problem that I have with this show mostly just comes back to the conflict being weak or they're showing the monster in some way and uh, I want to talk about more than just the monster but uh, the mystery as the monster as well after these messages. Okay, there's uh I got a pretty relevant ad read uh accidentally today, so that's pretty good that I found a sponsor uh some to kind of, to help some us kind today. Of diarrhea Sounds cleaner. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh uh here we go. <clears throat> There is a system of intersectional racism keeping all sorts of minorities and ethnic groups from succeeding in Western societies, where white cis males have the most opportunities to succeed in life, leaving the rest of the ethnic groups victims of white privilege. Keep your hands off my privilege. (laughs) Are you one of these victims of white privilege? Is not being a cis white male keeping you from getting the jobs, love, or other desirable things in your life? If so, then we have the perfect solution, the white powder makeover kit, brought to you by the NRA. With the white powder makeover kit, you can stop being a victim and start being a villain, I mean victor. Using the patented white foundation brightener, you can make your skin color up to five tones lighter, simulating the look and feel of our white-skinned overlords. The white foundation brightener will help you stand out as white. Our clients have found it especially useful in board meetings, sales presentations, interviews, and much, much more. But wait, there's more. 
If you buy the white powder makeover kit within the next 15 minutes, you'll also receive the bonus white male penis upgrade. No longer do you have to be a victim of now being a cis white male by installing by not being a cis white male, by installing the white male penis upgrade using our strap-on attachment, patent pending, people <laughs> will think that you're a man as well. This technology is revolutionary for social justice. Now everyone can be a cis white male, defeating white privilege once and for all. <laughs> Buy the white powder, powder makeover kit now and get the white male penis upgrade for no added cost. That's a value of $1,528,000 for free. Yeah. Pretty good. Thanks, uh, Thank thanks, White Powder Makeover Kit for sponsoring our episode. Uh, oh, good deal, awesome. really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's you a get great a lot deal. For that, right? It's like uh, I think it says here that it's only forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, or, or three easy payments. Three, so. three yeah. payments. Makes me grateful. Oh. I already have some of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really, uh, really grateful. So, so. All, all this talk about like uh, gender and stuff like that. I was thinking earlier about the gender wage gap myth, and I was thinking, okay, so. If if well, what's the established think, idea? Well, the established idea is that inherently men just make more money than women. Uh, I think right. women End make of seventy cents, uh, seventy-seven cents, seventy-six, seventy-nine, whatever the numbers. Seventy-two. It changes yeah, all the time. It's definitely not a myth, and it's definitely not something that people could easily look up where those statistics come from. And yeah, anyway. well, so exactly what you were saying. <laughs> no, it's like it, it, it. Men do make more, but it's not like a. Like, yeah, I think it's what, not a discrimination thing. It's, know, like the, the the wage gap, it's it's just it's not the the way they got the, that statistics is is really stupid. They just took all the money that men make, probably in America, I'm guessing, yeah. and all the money that women make, mm. and just compared the two prices. Yeah. But they don't factor into like yeah. women are more likely to be stay at home moms. Women are less likely to. Uh, they choose like, to negotiate, to negotiate for, for a higher wage, like yeah. all these things. Like they're less likely to take jobs like a fucking coal miner. Yeah, or something data like that. doesn't correlate. Blah blah like blah, that blah blah blah. No, it doesn't. You can easily look it up, and it's, it's when you account for all of those variables. It's it, well, you're also comparing doctors to garbage men. It's like, oh, this uh, male doctor is making way more than this female garbage woman. It's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like they don't they don't take into account uh, industries. So when you take into account just industries and it's job for job, uh, it turns the wage gap turns to ninety two cents uh, mm-hmm. to to a dollar. So there's still an eight cent wage gap, uh, oh which is gosh. which is eight cents. Oh yeah, uh, which gosh. is usually explained. Uh, by 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 what you said about negotiating, yeah. and I have a story about this because I negotiated really really hard uh, in my job uh, to the point where I almost got fired this year uh, oh. because I made I made the people over me so angry about it, uh, and I ended up getting it. And I remember when we were thinking about this, I thought I actually don't know a woman who would fight that. Like I was pretty aggressive. I was yeah. I was very aggressive to get it, um, and I'm like. I don't know a lot of women who would just be that aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. Who who would and and I don't know what to I, I is that biological essentialism. I don't know if is that sexist for me to say that I just don't know somebody who would be that aggressive. Like no, it was it was it sexist. was basically shouting Assumption matches. It was very sexist. close. Even beyond aggression, like women are just again statistically speaking in general more likely to be happy at their job. So when you're talking I about, mean I wish I had more job when satisfaction. Talking, when you're talking about like privilege being happy at your job is definitely more of a female privilege which is part of why they don't make end up making as much money when you pool all the money together. When you pull it all together well, of course not so on when, an individual so you case. Brought, you brought this so up kind yeah of I started I was thinking okay if if it is just without taking these uh, outside factors mm-hmm. in if it really is just 
men get paid more and we need to stop that. It's like, well, how, what is stopping women from just saying, oh, I'm a man now? And then their boss goes, oh, you're, here's a raise. <laughs> yeah, here's, like, is that really what they think this uh, is? Like, that's no, how stupid it is. I had a similar thought. I thought if, if, if the wage gap is true, couldn't companies then... I got. I got. I got to think. Got to be careful with my words because to get no, this, to get this right, not not because I'm worried about offending anyone, <laughs> just to get it right. Couldn't companies hire uh, a trans woman so so so, so, that, so that she so looks that, like so, a man, so but that, they can pay her like a woman? So they don't. No. So no. It's so it's basically a man dressed dressed up as a woman. So they're still getting the same hard labor as a man, <laughs> but they only have to pay him. They only have to pay him seventy-seven percent as much. Companies should be all over the trans world. Now I'm wondering if I identify yeah. as a woman, will I enjoy my job more? <laughs> yes. Maybe. It's all maybe a construct. Maybe that's why that guy was wearing a bra. So yeah, you're welcome, companies. Yeah. Just start hiring trans women. You get the hard labor of a man, but you only got to pay him seven. Or you could dollar. you could use the white powder makeover kit and just dress yourself up oh, and to be more white, and you'll make more money. It ma- no, it makes me think about that's that the guy purpose wearing, wearing of a bra the product. Why isn't anyone? <laughs> maybe listening? that's why he was doing it. He plays the music better. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, I think that there's the, the most valid point that I've heard in that because that's, that's still a white woman when they talk about that 77 cents. If you start going to Filipino and Mexican woman, like it gets down oh, to man. 55 cents. It gets pretty depressing uh, when you get way down there and, you know, there's language barriers and all these things. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of different factors. It's a hard, I always find it interesting when they talk about this stuff because they seem to break it down to. Well, just they want like, to make it a sound bite so that it's easy exactly. to market. They, they're breaking it down to just a race and gender and thing. But and I'm not going to say there is there is none of that like none of those factors are relevant. I'm not going to say that they totally mean something. They definitely do. <laughs> but there's a lot of other factors when you talk about like poverty and and, and family life. And there's so many different factors. Well, I, that I go think into this it. issue just to break it down to race and gender is you're missing the big right, picture because people the are because people are taking these sound bites. Now, as a marketer, I know that you need to sound bite things. Right, people can only respond to very small amounts of information uh, well. Right, if they're not if they're not studying, so they they break it down into the sound bite. And if you're thinking, oh yeah, well they have to market it, uh, that that kind of makes sense, the seventy seven cents. But if you're somebody who's totally unaware of how all that marketing works, and you're engaging with this with your foremost intellectual uh, brain, and and be like seventy seven, and then it, it just causes this huge problem because you're not engaging with it in the way that they're writing those numbers. And they're meaning for you to not engage with it that way. They're meaning yeah. for you to take it really, really seriously uh, to get that. The most valid argument that I've heard is just to say, well, regardless of the reasons why or or why that works, there is uh, an economic imbalance between men and women across the board. And the more uh, economic uh, equality that you have, if you have more money, you have more power. That's yes. just how society works. So men just overall have more power than women in society. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. And I go, okay, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. I but agree with all of that. Uh, like that's, it's all sound theory. It really depends it. on the conclusions but, you're drawing from but that But the after. problem is, is what do you do? Yeah, exactly. What do you do with that now information? Like how, how do you fix that when, when a lot, when problems are stuff like women are less, less, uh, likely to negotiate for a wage. How do you account for that? Because that that is contributing to why they have less power to, economically, to, like you're saying. So how would you? How do you even? Con- you'd have to pay them more. Uh, yeah, Dave, you're gonna. I'm just thinking. I'm gonna go off on a whole other. There's, thing there's here, also so. that like same argument for like the one percent versus ninety nine percent. You know what I mean? Like these crazy I'm wealthy talk people about that. that have all the money, and then the rest of us that have a lot less money. And like, how do you? How do you actually like? Make how, that work. How, how do, you, do you fix that problem? How do you distribute that? Yeah. So um, 
I don't mind getting a little nerdy here. That's what's going to happen. This episode's been all over it. So. All right, Bernie, let's hear it. <laughs> Bernie. Nerdy from the... Not, not Bernie, but... Um, so... Nerdy on our show where we just ramble about movies and... Yeah. <laughs> that's a Ron Paul... Not on this show. Not... The, the, Get out of here. The general idea is that uh, for modern, postmodern people, there's a, especially in the cities, there's a big resurgence for millennials to be a Marxist. So they're just very communist or, or socialist, right? And that's because they're trying to redistribute the wealth because they see that when you, they're, oh yeah, 99, this is the 99% and here's the 1% who has it. This is all capitalism's fault and this is a huge problem. But actually, uh, that's something called the Pareto principle, which you guys might've heard of as 80-20. Uh, the idea that uh, in, a, in a lot of different scenarios, uh, 80% of the people will hold all, uh, all sorry, 20% of the people will hold 80% of the wealth. Um, it extends really, really far. Uh, if, you, if we work at the call center, 80% of the calls will come from only 20% of the problems, maybe even less. And you can actually shrink that down even more. You can say that uh, 64% of the problems will come from only 4%, sorry, 64% of the calls in your call center mm -hmm. will come from only 4% of the problems. So that, that, that's a bunch of nerdy stuff, but it's the Pareto principle. Um, so 80% of the wealth will be held, and it can be 90-10 or 70-30. Uh, it's, it's all a very, uh, very similar thing. So the mistake that people make that drives this way of thinking um, is they say, uh, this is a function of, this is because of capitalism. Capitalism distributes wealth. But 80-20 is actually a natural law. It's a principle of production. If you have people... Yeah, I was going to say, I bet, I bet in most just natural systems it would fall. It, it just happens naturally all the time. I, I could list off 200 examples of this. Um, and, yeah, it, and it applies it, in your life a lot. It, it, applies, yeah. it applies in your life a ton. Uh, if, I'm doing, if I'm doing sales with the marketing, 80% uh, of our revenue will come from 20% of our clients. And breaking that down, 64% of our revenue will come from only a tiny fraction of our clients. Most of your results as a person come from a very small percent of your efforts, right? So imagine, Braden, uh, you go and you get a new job that pays a lot more. The amount of hours that you put in to get that job was probably 10 or 20 hours, maybe, right? in interviews and all these things. <clears throat> yeah. But it's responsible for a huge pay upgrade compared to what you might have been making before. Think of, you're working 40 hours a week. That's 160 hours a month. You take that over the cost, cost of the year, that's 2,000 hours. So you can keep doing that same activity or you can spend 10 or 20 hours working on job hunting, get an upgrade to your job. Now you're making an extra 20 grand a year for only 20 hours of work, right? So like I said, super nerdy and, and getting into this, but people are mistaken uh, into thinking that they're actually going to uh, fix this problem by, by, mm -hmm. by all these little initiatives to balance things out. And I, I, I kind of... I kind of get it, but I think that I think that we just need to see things truthfully for what they are. Which is that uh, I, I think the best way to, for women to make more money is uh, if you're a woman and, uh, and I'm a man, we are different than each other biologically. Uh, I'm more willing to be aggressive to get a to get to get the pay increase as we <laughs> talked about. Uh, I, I'm more willing to be dissatisfied if if I don't think I'm making enough money, so I'm going to push for it. So just admit that about yourself. Listen, yeah. biologically, I'm probably less likely to do this, so I am going to have to purposely do that. I'm, I'm you know, because nobody's saying, oh, uh, you're more likely not to go for wages, so women can't negotiate. Or it's like, well, no, just, just admit that you're less likely to be inclined to negotiate, learn the skill, 
knowing that the, the two hours I spent negotiating is responsible for an extra $30,000 this year for me. Wow, 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 that's wow, that's a, that's a huge, for two hours, $1,000 an hour, right? Or, it's like, so I learn think, I think that problem. I think dealing with people that can't or don't want to admit that uh, men and women are different. Right, and it's always because of the, part of the this is why yeah. people can't admit the reality of the situation in their lives is because they immediately jump to the implications of what that means. If I admit that I'm different than you, or if I admit that we're worse at negotiating, now I see a future where I'm terrible at negotiating. And it's like, actually, admitting that is the very first step to becoming good at negotiating and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and improving the situation. So uh, the same thing with being a, an addict. Oh, I don't have a problem. Like, I can fix it. You know, there's not a problem. Well, would you admit that you're an addict if we told you that you didn't have to fix it, that you could just keep doing the drugs? Right? It's, it's, it's when there's the weight of having to fix it and there's this huge journey ahead of you. Well, of course I can't admit that. You can't process a two-year journey in 10 seconds as you're... You can't admit it. So you just live in denial, blah, blah, blah. So... Uh, you yes, can also Ed. maybe acknowledge that there are also certain disadvantages to being male as well, too. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. get in any stupid men's rights things or anything like that, because I don't care. I don't feel like I'm being discriminated against or anything crazy like that. But yes, it's like economically, for many different variables, <clears throat> we're more likely to be well off or whatever. But we're also, like I said before, more likely to be dissatisfied with our job. Uh, we statistically die much younger than women do. Our suicide rate we're is far, probably higher, I'm we're assuming. Far more, <laughs> we're far more likely to die alone. Our suicide rate is way higher than women's, like Man. depression rates. Like, it's not all It's like, not happy so economics. great to have money. Yeah, it's like it's it's it really sucks to not have it. I think the quote is like, "Money can't make you happy, but it it can it can really help." If, are, if you're making less than thirty thousand dollars a year, you could be in a really bad there are spot. Definite, you know, there are definite mm -hmm. positives and negatives to being both male and female, and turning it into this weird competition as yeah. to who has who has uh, who's worse off than the other. I don't think is a healthy conversation. I don't want to say that yeah. like, oh yeah, all these women complain about male privilege or whatever. They don't realize that men have it way harder than women. Right, you're just you're no, just, it's just one upping them again. Well, yeah, it's this weird yeah. it's this weird race to the bottom. No, it is. It is like the bad argument of being competitive for some reason where like can't they both be valuable and yes. be different? Like that seems to be like the most valid argument. No. People no, people no. who are different are not as valuable you as you also People who are immigrants and are different than you are the same. Uh, we have to include them, and blah, 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 but they're not as valuable. Like, right? Like, there's all these implications and contradictions when you uh, kind of go into this. So, I think the other mistake that people make a lot, and this is something that I know Aunt Andy's experienced a lot, when this whole Charlottesville thing happened, and and everybody's enraged and going on about this stuff, and we were basically just making fun of people for for really over classifying people as like, you know, there were looked like there were some legitimate Nazis um, in that in that scenario. Uh, but then when you suggest, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't be too quick to act on this. Like maybe we should just think about the implications of these. Uh, and people are like, nope, uh, Hitler's coming back right now. And if you don't totally agree with me, then you're a Nazi and I hope you die. Well, that's the whole thing. Like they just lumped too many people into being a Nazi. Certainly this guy who drove his car into a bunch of people 
Uh, probably a douchebag. Maybe you can call him a Nazi. I don't know enough about the guy or whatever. Probably if you have torches also, and swastikas, least, we can probably call you that. Rational choices. They're all yes. They're all. But then you're lumping people who are also just like, yeah, we don't want to tear down these statues. Maybe you don't agree with them, whatever. I don't have a hard stance on the statues because I don't care. I but don't all you have to do is but, be a, a historian who's a doctor to not want to tear down that statue. Exactly. So right? there's, defi there's definitely with people, no political leanings. There's definitely yeah. people, whether you agree with them or not, that don't want to pull down these statues that aren't necessarily a Nazi. It's like, like it's, it's it's bad to lump everyone into that group because I think it's it, it makes the people who are that bad seem less bad. It's just now it's like oh well that guy's a Nazi he just wants to he just doesn't want to turn on. It's just super self righteous. It's like well listen I have this nuanced opinion and if you don't agree with my nuanced opinion then you're a Nazi like like it's yeah. like it's it's you're basically making somebody objectively wrong these are for identity, not agreeing with your subjective opinion. Yeah. Whoever goes against my identity is the enemy. Well, that's but, it. But that, but. Yeah. Well, it's because they pull it, like they're part of their politics as part of who they are. So when you you insult that, they think that you're they take it as oh you're insulting me as a person. Yeah, yeah it's like, like no, it's, I just don't agree with your political opinion. It's like it's like, like people not uh, liking the Mars Volta when I was in a teenager. I was like, how could you? You, you hate me. <laughs> uh, so so but but it's this offline to online conversion that I wanted to 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 talk about because when somebody hears you posting because we because we were posting basically yeah we were basically just being pretty reasonable i mean like yeah you know you probably shouldn't call people nazis who aren't it sounds like these people are bad people well, uh I you probably shouldn't incite physical violence against them because yeah. like any spiritual leader like gandhi or mm -hmm. whoever would probably would probably be like yeah you know uh you kind of invalidate your own cause if what you're preaching is inclusiveness and peace I but then you use physical violence it kind of invalidates what you're doing despite you might be better people the message sent is bad. It makes you look bad. No, you're a Nazi, and I hope you and your friends die. I hope the Nazis take over, and then you'll regret having that nuanced opinion. That's what somebody said to us in that discussion. I thought that was I insane. I think the only thing I even commented on the whole strides was someone posted a video of, after the fact, after this whole the, the car thing happened, some other guy, the guy who was pro-statue or whatever, came out <laughs> to talk about it, and uh, people literally physically removed him off stage like shoving him off and then I made some passing comment because I don't like I don't get into political discussions like this especially not online and Facebook comments uh, I just said something like ah oh, it's a shame these two fascists can't learn to work together <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's like it's, that's the bad part of fascism is that you're you're taking an ideology and you're enforcing it by the use of violence I don't care about the whole cult of personality or or what like democratic thing or how you actually right. got your fascist government into power the problem with it is enforcing an ideology through the use of violence and that's what these same people were doing against supposed Nazis. Very ironic. So immediately everyone's in this argument being, well, that's not what fascism is. Antifa's not fascism for this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this reason. It's like, you know what would have been a good response is, I can appreciate that this appears fascist. I, I, I recognize that this appears a, a little fascist, but I'll tell you why it's not. That would have been a, a far better, but it's like yeah. they, but they can't, they cannot possibly just accept the idea that it even appears fascist. No, you cannot even think what is an obvious thought, and we won't acknowledge that as a legitimate thought, right? It's this denial. Just accept it for the reality. The reality of the situation is there are a lot of people who are going to think that that appears fascist because you are. Because it because it really appears it, it appears fascist. Yeah. Well, those people are ignorant. Fascism is this, this, and this. Look at this Wikipedia. Hey, dipshit! It appears fascist. 
people might not know as much about fascism as you know about. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that not everyone is this pseudo-liberal intellectual like you. No, every, everyone just needs to start learning more and blah, blah, blah. Great solution, dipshit. Like, <laughs> what, so whenever is a solution is that other people should just do this. That's a, never a good solution. She should, have you ever been in a relationship? Uh, you, you should have. Anytime the, the, the conversation starts with you should have, whoever says that is immediately the wrong person. Every single time. Brayden, you should have... No, you're wrong. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) even if I should have done it, the way that you're saying that to me immediately is a... It's a horror... It's not a good thing to say. I think expectation is so toxic. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So, um... Back to a bunch so, of uh, speaking of things that are strange. Maybe we can, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, speaking of fascism, <laughs> I want to talk about Billy's dad. <laughs> Billy's dad. Speaking of okay. dads and fascism, so we man. should set up. So Billy is one of the teenagers. He's a new teenager in in Stranger Things two. Yeah, uh, and he's the cla- So in in Stranger Things one, we had Steve, who was kind of the classic eighties bully. But then he he kind of ended up having a heart of gold after he realized that he was being a dick. They right? also. The brilliant he actually thing, had a character arc. The brilliant thing with Steve is that they subverted the expectations. They really built it up like he's going to be this classic kind of 80s bully, shitty boyfriend sort of thing. Yeah. And then by the end of it, like he does play that role for a while, but then by the end it kind of turns around. Well, like, he oh, sees that there's he a he, he sees grows. there's a serious problem and he and he's he sees what's going on and and he realizes, "Oh, wow, like I'm living in kind of this dumb teenager world and there's there's bigger things in the world and yeah. and he and he starts to become a, a good guy and uh, like he's not just a totally selfish guy and in the second one he's a total protagonist um I don't know, whatever you well, want to make up. And this new guy shows so up. So Billy's Billy the real classic like 80s bully. To challenge him. Oh, but yeah, oh, yeah, he's the classic uh, he's like movie my bully. He's favorite character. Yeah, he's actually, yeah. Billy's actually great. He's the classic movie, uh, you know, bully from the 80s, which, like, for some reason, all, like, bullies in the 80s in movies were psychos. Like, I like, love it. Yeah. It's like the Karate Kid bully just wanted they were to murder so, him. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. They were so shameless. Yeah. They'd be, like, walking by some kid just minding his own business. He'd be like, get away, nerd, shove him to, like, a gigantic yeah. pile of mud or something. <laughs> like that well, or, in, uh, so or in the, the Toxic top. Avenger when those the psycho bullies literally just run a kid down in their that's, car you know, that's a whole new level they, of psychotic though yeah, this is it. pretty close though because Billy tries to they run, had it run in those season kids one, though. though. I think in season one where those kids had a knife and they were wanting Mike to like jump off the oh, cliff oh yeah they had those bullies uh, that was yeah, that, that was bullies. that I think that was in 11, that one yeah. yeah but they were the yeah. kids bully not the teenagers bully the teenagers bully is all ramped up and more intense oh he was awesome he was so intense I liked Billy because like his introduction he just rolls up in like this old school like 80s, oh, yeah. 80s muscle car <laughs> pumping some heavy metal all the girls he's are got, checking him out got some hussy in his, in his passenger seat there and he's just a real dick he's got his hair he's greasy always hair got a smoke back <laughs> yeah he's got this disgusting Smoking. 80s hair so let me tell you why Billy sucks is that uh once again, another weak conflict. What was the resolution? Draw my What was the resolution uh, of Billy's of all Billy's so, craziness? So there's no real character arc not involved, uh, which is yeah, fine because it's yeah. it's that it's that well, 80s. I thing. really thought he, there was going to be an arc in that last episode. And yeah, no. And then, I, don't, I don't know why they <laughs> didn't. Weird. They, they were alluding to things with him the whole time and, and Max. So I'll build up to this hmm. this conflict problem, and then you can suck Billy's dick a bit more after. Um, is the Red Ranger's dick? Yeah. So, so Billy.
Billy has his. No, he's the Blue Ranger. Bi- he was the Red Ranger. No, no, no Jason no. was the Red no, no, Ranger. No, no, no. You're, you're going by names. Literally, this this the guy, the actor who this plays the Billy, actor. is the new Red Ranger in the new. Oh, Power Rangers movie. oh, I thought so, you meant. I've, okay, you got, sorry. Your, you got your dick colors confused. <laughs> right. So so oh, blue balls. So Billy is he's got his little stepsister, I think, or is it his sister? Step, stepsister. Stepsister. It's his stepsister. Stepsister Max. Max, and she, so she's one of the kids. She Mad fits Max. in with the kid group, and Billy is the teenager group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right away they establish between Billy and Max. Like Billy's this huge racist. She doesn't want her hanging out with the black kid. And he's super <laughs> mad, like, just yeah. for no reason, just because he's a racist. So he's got his reasons, Mueller. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just never heard his reasons. Maybe so, they were pretty good. When so so it, there's always this kind of coercive thing going on, right? She's just trying to have fun with the kid. She's kind of she's kind of closed off until you know because she's. A little bit abused by her brother, I'd say, not in, just just because he's such a such a dick to her, right? Um, well, he's pissed off for some reason. He's pissed. He's pissed off out. for some reason, and he's talking to her, and he says all these mysterious things, like, "Oh, it's your fault that we're stuck in yeah. this town." I think town. those are things that ended up getting cut from the season. Yeah, it must be. That's yeah, what I, I, they that annoyed like me because they're I, like, "Yeah, you know why we had to leave." Yeah, so they're implying yeah. this thing. So you think that maybe they're in witness protection, and maybe she did something to the wrong guy, or maybe it, they're also. Part of part this of Hawkins Hawk- laboratory yes, that's thing, what I thought. Mm-hmm. right? And there's there's all these this government thing, and mm. it's like and and the real reason is that his parents are on vacation and he's babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the so, conflict becomes so weak and neutered yeah. from so a ten actually, out of ten to a one out of ten. I really liked both the characters, Billy and and Max. Like yeah, I, th- I thought both pers- good- they both had great personality. They were enjoyable to watch interact with their characters. But ultimately, and this is kind of what you're saying, ultimately they served no purpose to the actual story. Mm-hmm. They contributed, in terms of the story of the Hawkins lab and all this, nothing. Basically Billy's nothing. just being dick to the kids the whole time because, and, and her steps and his, his stepsister Max. And Max is just like, oh, the kids are going on this big venture, and I am too. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, but her contribution, that's it. They, just they were just challenges there. for some of the characters, like the love triangle and then for Steve, you know? Yeah, they're kind of these... I guess, but the love triangle also doesn't really... It didn't really. I think it just pit those anything. two against each other a little bit. But once again, another very either. weak yeah. conflict because no, it, it didn't. the two children, the kids who are fighting over Max, the other kid girl, uh, they don't really get at each other's throats no, or ruin their really. friendship. You know what I'm like, saying? It doesn't yeah. go anywhere. They just kind of they're kind of like nodding at each other. And it's like, oh, do you like? Her? Oh, do you? And maybe maybe <laughs> and they were just they... trying to show a dynamic of like how that would play out in real life. And but because it's boring. The, one, the, the one kid clearly won, and the other one was sitting there at the prom, all and, and he won for no. Reason, by the way, but he just it kind of did. It's like maybe they're trying to create that dynamic, and maybe they kind of did, but it didn't add anything to the story. I'm saying from like I like both those characters. I like the way they interacted with the mm. old characters, but in, from a story perspective, you could have them there or they take did them nothing up, to the plot. It, yeah. The story would remain just the same. The, the only thing that the only purpose that Billy really served. So he's been a dick the whole time, and at the very end, he's looking for his sister because uh, he wants to be a dick to her. <laughs> Uh, he finds her with the black kid and, and some other kids, so so he's super pissed. And then Steve, the bully from the last one, uh, again, uh, they've established that Steve is the old king in town. And then Billy shows up, and Billy's challenging him in dodgeball, and you know, really, really making him making him. Oh, I'm the new hot shit in town, or whatever. So then, so Steve is is there at the end, and he ends up fighting Billy, uh, and then loses, uh, and then. 
the dethroned. The, and then his little sister, while while. But he doesn't even lose. Like yeah, Billy just gets. No, Billy doesn't lose. He 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 beats yeah, up he Steve, beats and Steve. Steve loses. And then while he's busy, uh, Max defeats inside of herself her fear of her brother and grabs a sleeping needle and needles him in the neck Which and makes him fall. Which easily could have killed him, by the Which way. Which like stabbing could've... near his throat. Yeah. So... You know what? You know what I'm looking forward to is Billy and and Mike's mom. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Billy. Everything. She's reading this romantic novel, and Billy's basically. Yeah. He's great. Like I'm not. I'm not crapping on yeah. Billy. It's yeah. just that he didn't. He was inconsequential. The only exactly. plot point that he yeah. did anything to was was to help Max's character arc, which but, he was the cause of in the first place. But but also but also Max's character arc is also pointless. So right. He was an addition to a character to an arc that was yeah. also pointless. The only like, certain thing that he served was just her stabbing him in the neck of the needle and defeating yeah. and defeating inside of herself mm. uh, her fear of him and 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 conquering her brother. Which I assume that when he's going to wake up, he's just going to murder her. Like, they don't show that. Well, he, no, he, you know, he's psychotic, <laughs> and you can see why, because his dad is, his like, this a, military abusive dude. Yeah, well, he's scared of her. At the end, like, there's a shot where she's in the home, and he walks through the living room and, like, looks into the kitchen, and they just make eye contact, and then he just kind of looks away. Right. Walks mm-hmm. away, so. But still nothing. Just like I said when I was in third grade, and this kid was bullying me, I just sock him in the mouth. That's all you got to do. I guess. You got to stand up to your bullies and jab a needle into yeah. their neck and, and <laughs> put poison in their veins. That's how you deal oh, with bullies. I will FYI, say. That's the new Sogi regulation. <laughs> FYI, don't do that, dude. <laughs> I will say Max was a pivotal uh, pr- component of one of my most hated scenes in oh, the whole yeah. fucking season. Uh, I think it was like episode three or four or whatever. Uh, Eleven, who's like, who's the kid? Who's, she's another kid group person. Kid with powers from the first season. Yeah, she's got mind she's powers. Been sitting around doing nothing in a cabin for three or four episodes, hiding from the government. She finally escapes and she wants to reunite with her friends, specifically Mike. Who they have a little she, bit of romance. They have a bit of a, a bit of a you know crush thing going on, and she finally sees him, and 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 sh- and and he doesn't see her, but because he's talking to Max and he's annoyed with Max because he doesn't really like her, he doesn't. He feels like she's a poor substitute for the group, like for Eleven, like doesn't, doesn't want her part of the group. And Eleven sees this from a distance. She's been excited the whole time to reunite with this person. For 300 and something days. Yeah, yeah. that, that seems like then, bug, bug And then me. she gets jealous of Max and uses her psychic powers to trip her and then leaves without reuniting with Mike. And yeah. I just thought it was garbage. They, I hated it. It was, it was so the way they bad s- for the character. Like The way they set it, it up was she shows up after a year and and then oh but her the the boy that she likes is is he's he's fallen for someone else and he's he's kissing her or whatever and and now she's now she's jealous and left behind but what actually happens is he's arguing with her in a gym and then uh and then he just is talking to her he is no <laughs> he's no. not doing any he physical physical no, content he is noticeably physically annoyed with yeah. max like yeah, yeah. There's, there's skateboard, like as max. she skates circles like literally is skateboarding circles around him and he's just like why don't you just fuck off i don't like you <laughs> yeah, yeah you get out of our fight. group i hate get you get the me. fuck yeah. out of here like clearly like you could tell from his body language he's annoyed with her and she's interpreting this as like it felt well, like something out of a teen soap opera in the middle of this as a character it makes sense movie. Because uh, she's like well, isolated does, and unknown. Like but, she was saying, like, is it eight one five? He's like eight fifteen. 
It's She's just, like, oh, it, 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 but it just, doesn't make any sense because she wouldn't have even learned to be jealous in this way, well, trapped up in that laboratory. I will extend the olive branch to the writers for this one moment because they established she's been hanging around in this cabin doing nothing but watching like shitty soap operas on on cable yeah. television. So perhaps she's adopted some of that like poor. Right. She must have, right? But it's just a crappy little subplot that doesn't add anything. It ends up going nowhere. It's not like she has a. They just didn't know what to do with her. They and clearly, they just tried to get her yes. included and so needed an my, excuse. It was so sloppy and not the, organic. My big complaints about this season, and one of the things really holding it back from getting a higher score, so to speak, uh, is that they just clearly didn't have enough for all the characters to do. Hmm. So a lot of them are just doing nothing while two or two or three are actually driving the story. Like 11, I think basically Hopper was driving the story. Yes. A lot of mini, uh, the, the, a lot of who's mini the stories. adult policeman. So Eleven, Eleven's major character from season one, one of the more intriguing ones, has a, has a huge arc, uh, whatever. Uh, in this season, she's just hanging out in the cabin for like four episodes doing... But- Okay, let's let's get let's the, get Dave on uh, this. The one part I really do not like for some reason in this whole season is Eleven's sister. Is her sister. This girl that was with her at Hawkins oh, and I like Oh Billy to... wouldn't have liked I her. Get... <laughs> she cracks her down. She's uh, a lady. <laughs> I recognize her though. She was the little girl from the Matrix when uh, she bends oh, really? Neo's in the like in the that. train man and he's like he's stuck in this like train man area. There's that little Indian girl. That's mm-hmm. her. I just didn't get it. I was like, what's the pull here? Like a, a girl with different powers. So I, wanna, I, I do want to get back to that because that's episode seven that that takes, that takes yeah. place in. But just touching on some of the other characters, like Mike. So again, a major character. He's one of the other boys. He's the he biggest was, character in the first was, one. One mm. of the most likable characters. He, if you had to name a the protagonist of season one, yeah, he would probably him. be it. It is probably. spread out kind of mm-hmm. like Hopper is also but he, of, But he, his, it's he, Mike. his character yeah. traits Mike. most fit up with a typical protagonist. Yes. We have Hopper the cop, but he's haunted by this past of his daughter dying of cancer and he's kind of the sad yeah, guy he's now, also, right? Like it but takes, he's a good guy. And it takes, in season one, it takes him a while to embrace like the crazy, s- weird adventure that's taking place. Whereas Mike, as the D&D nerdy kid, he's embracing that story from the get-go. So right. very much so, he is, the, he is the protagonist of season one. What is he doing this season, season two? He's just nothing. He's just standing beside Will for most of he the season. He complains a lot. He does nothing. As Will has PTSD. Season. He's just a good friend. Mike's just a good guy. Don't you want? This is what people need to be. You don't want heroes or protagonists. Just be a good guy and hang out with your friend. He's not doing anything. And then you have Steve, like the cool sort of bully from the first one, and now he's kind of broken up with his girlfriend Nancy, who's another main character on the show. And now he's just now that they're kind of split up, and he doesn't really have any beef with Jonathan, who who hooked up with his girlfriend after that he doesn't really know much about. So he's just kind of watching over the kids. And I like Steve. Steve. Again, Steve is great. I love mm-hmm. visually his, his design. I like I like like the character. I like seeing him interact with the other ones, with the other characters. But from a story perspective, it, he's not doing anything. He's just kind of there. No, it's definitely just like an '80s element. Like yeah, that's really what it feels like. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just a shame they have these great characters that all really contributed to season one, and season two they don't all contribute. A lot yeah. of them are just there. Then you get Dustin. The, the, the Mike other. thing I, I do want to say. Yeah. I, I remember now, like him and Eleven seem to be like kind of calling to each other the whole time. Well, because right? Mike, because Mike's leaving her little radio messages, not knowing if she's getting he it. Is, Another she, reason why would she turn away from the gym if he's been leaving her messues every yes. single day for yeah. three hundred and fifty <laughs> something did, days? That did make that way worse. It yeah, was totally. Bizarre. It's clear that he's desperate. At the very least, she could be thinking, "Oh well, maybe he needed a new friend because he thinks I'm dead." Even though he's, <laughs> even though he's clearly annoyed by this chick. Right yeah, now. even though he's clearly annoyed. So, 
I think what you're getting on, and, and this, is, this is what pisses me off so much about why you like this, is uh, in the first season, it's very much like Turbo Kid. It's not an 80s aesthetic show. Uh-huh. It's a show that captures the spirit of what directors and people were thinking in the 80s. Like yes. they, they're thinking like an 80s director it's, and, and it's the building something. More than mm-hmm. it it's, is it's the mindset more than it is. And the second one is just this bland, generic 80s clone thing. It's like, hey, remember the 80s? Uh, we had bright lights and uh, synthesizer music, and uh, we'll just cram that into a thing that has none of the spirit. Uh, uh, of it, and uh, that'll be good, right? Uh, and I, I think you're being way well, too convinced I'm, by well, the spirit of it. I, well, that's the thing. As an Sorry artist, aesthetic. As, as an artist, I, I love aesthetic. It's I'm like, an artist, uh. <laughs> but it, it's true. Like uh, a lot of movies, I like they just they're pure aesthetic. They don't have great story or great acting or I, anything like that. It's just like it feels this way. And and I think I give this one this the second season less than the first one because the first one did have that like much more intriguing story. Right. The second I'm, one had interesting yeah. parts and, and it seemed to work well in that 80s theme. But. I more or less agree with what you're saying but I don't think it's as egregious as you're saying it is. Like it's not... They didn't fully just ham up like, look, it's the '80s. They did a little bit, especially showing they the kids like dressing up. They definitely did a little as, bit. Dressing up Arcades as Ghostbusters, and, and I don't have like a problem with them dressing up as Ghostbusters in itself. But I still think it it just it followed mostly the same tone aesthetically as season one. It's just not as interesting this time around. It's super mm-hmm. weak, and it's definitely weaker. So back at I will give you that. now that it's, we're back from interesting for different reasons, maybe. Right now that we're back from this break, we can talk about don't show the monster. Uh, <laughs> so. In the first season, uh, the Demogorgon, you very rarely see it, or you'll see it from behind, or it'll be a strobe light kind of thing. There's very, I think only at the very end, when, say, she, at the when end, she kills you it, you actually like, see him entirely. And, and I think it was mostly practical effects where season yeah, two was which a is lot weird, of digital. It, didn't it looked look, animated it looked as animated. shit. Yeah. I thought it was until I saw I've, some behind the scenes like, I don't know if Rick Baker did it. Rick Baker is like this massive... You know, yeah. yeah, and so I, Prosthetics I, I, guy, saw, I saw one of them, uh, the animatronic, and it like the way it like shakes, it does have this stop motion view that's like kind of really weird and, I, and wild. I yeah. really think that, I, I, and this is probably one of my main criticisms is the, of the first one, is that there was a little too much animated stuff in it, uh, and especially the Demogorgon, who apparently was an animatronic, but I then know. they did all these digital touch-ups, so it just looked animated, and I was like, oh, that's not... No, what? <laughs> well, I wonder, Why would I'm, you do that? <laughs> I'm more. I'm more like I shit on that sort of stuff all the time when we talk about movies. I'm more. It's for, a TV show, so it's yes, more forgivable. More their forgiving of it. Lower. I don't like it. I agree 100 percent with what you're saying, but I'm more forgiving of it with the TV show. They're making it in a year. You, it's you a lower can, budget. Yeah, they got to stretch that budget way thin. You, you could say they did that in the first season to make it seem otherworldly, other dimensional thing. But uh, they, but they, then, you but can then do that with they didn't tone. do that in the second season. Yeah. So so in the second season they just had. Straight up animated yeah, they monsters, said, like, dogs and, running around, and yeah. the animation was better though. The, demo, oh, better. the demo I thought dogs the dem- looked all pretty good. I thought they looked horrible. Not perfect. Oh, I hated I wouldn't them. Say horrible. Um, so, so they they show the monster way too much in the second one. They're showing you that. So there was one shot um, during the Ghostbusters scene. All the kids are Halloween dressed up as Ghostbusters, and then Will Byer has his PTSD episode where he's seeing the Cthulhu smoke monster thing. Yeah, right? when, when he does his PTSD stuff, he kind of jumps in and out of the real yeah. world to the inside-out world, the evil, the upside-down world. Right. So, and, and it seems like he's actually kind of there too, even though people can see him in the real world. He, uh, because there's actually some real 
big consequences when the monster finally catches him halfway through the show and it screws him up a lot. Um, so in that scene, he, he runs below some steps. He's curled up in the fetal position and you see uh, the smoke monster's little tentacle kind of, you just kind of see it out of the corner of the frame, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it comes up. And I thought that was a great way to show it. And then the next scene, uh, good old Sean Austin, Bob, the adult, encourages him to face his fears because he doesn't think that it's a real supernatural thing. So mm-hmm. then, so so Will just faces him in the in the upside down world, and the monster like starts filling all his orifices with smoke. It's pretty gross, uh, kind of. But I actually been, liked that scene a lot. You're, yeah, you really you really see it, it all. Really creepy. Uh, yeah, it just shows everything, and I, I it's too much showing the monster. They just they're showing demo dogs fully, and it's it's way too much of that. But that's a small point. The real point is the main monster in the first one was, it's it's this mystery, right? That's the main device of conflict. You don't know whether Will's in this upside down world or not. What is the Demogorgon? He seems to be motivated like this. He's actually a traditional monster and all these things. Um, and and you don't know. It, it just very, only till the end do you get all this stuff revealed to you, just like the, the real monster. Uh, yeah. You only see the Demogorgon in full light when they're killing him, and, he, and when you show the monster in full light, uh, that's symbolic for the monster having less power. You don't want to make a scary monster, yeah. and when you're trying to show how much power and scariness the monster is, you don't want to put him in full light then. You want to put him in the dark, because that gives him power. Uh, it gives him weight on the screen, it weight in your mind, and it, and it really elevates him. I still think they kind of did that. Yeah. So, so, but, but think about the mystery now as, as, as this monster, this thing that, that you're uncertain about. You don't really know about these, what these things are. There seems to be some kind of other dimension, but we're not, we don't understand the mechanics of it or how it works. Um, so it gives it a lot of power and weight in your mind. And by the end of the season though, it's brought into the light. They rescue Will from the, from the other world. They kill the Demogorgon uh, using, using Eleven's powers. They Honestly, I think they wrapped up the show. That could have been a done show entirely and never another season, and it would have been just fine. That's why, um, yeah, yeah I had no idea how they were going to make a so, one. So season two, all of, all of the mystery is brought into the light entirely and has very little power over you. They're like, oh, uh, something's happening. Um, the upside down world's getting into the real world. It's like, yeah, we already learned all about the upside down world in season one. This is not a very, I'm not intrigued. This is not mysterious to me. They show this entire monster. Uh, well, what are his motivations? He just kind of wants to destroy things. It's like, that's a little, it's pretty weak and uh, uninteresting. But I don't know. We still, like, there's still a lot of mystery involved. I, I will agree. I, I, there was nothing I was curious about I will, the entire show. I will show. agree that I, I'm very comfortable with how much we knew about it in season one. Like, if it was just left off with that much information, I'm totally cool with that because of the mystery aspect of it. But we don't really learn that much. We still don't know what this thing is. We don't really know his motivation. Like, he seems to not like... But that's because he's a weak villain, this this could, smoke it, monster, not because they were showing be. the monster. I think, I think that's inconclusive at this moment because we still don't really know anything about this. We're, we're calling him a smoke monster. We're like, so we don't know. We're kind of rehashing what we were talking about. I mean, earlier, but. Th- that's kind well, of... Well, you're, you're having like these regular people handle this like supernatural matter. And I, I definitely agree with what you said about the first season. I love that it was like really mysterious. You didn't know how it works. You didn't know what they, what it wanted. So they had to figure it out. Like, oh, it's attracted to blood. But you so knew we some can, like, rules. We can reel you knew, it in. You knew it wanted to eat people. Yeah, and the second season I find ominous. Uh, the like the motivation is really ominous, and and I love the description that it wants to just basically take over this this dimension too. Why? 
Well, that's it. I, I just just I, and, and I don't care. For me. <laughs> so, like, I don't. I got the feeling watching it that we aren't supposed to know yet. Now it's possible that they don't actually have anything figured out in terms of writing, but I got the impression that we don't know its motivations because we're not supposed to know yet. Right. So that's what I felt watching it. Ba- basically, what I feel is that at the beginning of the season, episode one, and at the end of the season, episode nine. I basically learned nothing. Like there was there all, all the mysteries oh, yeah, they you were could exploring. Say the season two was ultimately were, kind of pointless. Yeah, it was ultimately pretty pointless. Whatever the uh, oh, there's the like I said in the that in the Wikipedia synopsis, uh, Will Byers is missing in the first one. Where is he? Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, season two, uh, Will Byers is PTSD. You know, what, like, you know what? It's I just learned? a way weaker conflict. I learned, to, I learned demo dogs have feelings. <laughs> yeah, true, and they're like three musketeers. Yeah. They, they, we have the underground. Uh, it's a portal. Well, what's different about the portal in season two? Uh, it's bigger. It's bigger, yeah. It's a, like, it's a, what, what is this, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven? It's a Death Star, but it's ten times bigger. It's I like, will definitely It's say not interesting. The ending of the whole season is almost the exact same in that it has Eleven holding her hand out, using her, her psychic powers to... In the first one, it's to kill the Demogorgon. And now it's just one, killing yeah. a bigger it's monster. Cl- it's closing the portal, and it's it's basically the exact same ending, except only the, bigger ex- Except the portal doesn't represent an immediate danger yeah. that you can feel satisfied that she killed it, because the portal's kind of representative of these Demodogs elsewhere, and it's doing these yeah, more nebulous political I did, things. I did really like that scene, though. It uh, just had a lot that was really cool about it. Like, I, her, it, I it felt it, powerful, and then you have Hopper like shooting these dogs with a shotgun. Like That's bad. I thought cool. from an Aesthetic, and it looked great yeah. with this like big, big, like, big flaming bad, vagina. Well, this big bad <laughs> monster like in the shadow, just kind of trying to peer through, knowing it's getting clothes on him. From yeah. an aesthetic purposes, I like the way it looked and the way it was shot or whatever. But from a story perspective, it was just it was just a bigger version of yeah. what you already happened. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even one, think about that, compelling. but that's saying so true. Yeah, it's I, I, I think I was so distracted. I was really in the story mode while I was watching that that I just flat out hated it. I was like, this is lame, and I don't. Don't care. I think this is totally uninteresting. She's just yeah. So they're just underground, and there's this big flaming vagina hole, and she's trying to close it with her superpowers, and think, and that's the main conflict: a villain that you don't understand or really care about. It's getting very close to just a natural disaster. Roland, I, I feel like movie. they need more. <laughs> they need higher stakes. I think is what they need. Like the only. Well, that's what they did. The, the stakes were higher. Like Barb died in the first one, so on this one, Bob dies. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but like but like I think I cared just as much. By the way, <laughs> like Eleven, I, like in the first season, we kind of assumed Eleven died, and then you kind of got the hint, the kind of Easter egg at the end that maybe she. I think still it would have been better if they did. If she have, was actually if just they dead. They did actually because yeah. they clearly had, like I said before, nothing for her to do. Not only was she not season. dead, uh, problems with Eleven's character, uh, but she also became a lot more aware of society and how things worked. So now there's not really this fish out of water yes. aspect going on, Absolutely. which was far less interesting. And as we established in the very first scene, there's other people with powers now. So she's not that important at all. Well, she doesn't uh, really matter. There's hardly any I, I liked all those little micro characters. Even things. minorities like, are allowed to have powers in this show. It's well, just like, throws away all the like impact. Her, her relationship with Hopper, <laughs> I thought was so interesting. The way she's like slamming the door. It's I like, think all the way the characters interact with each other, because the characters are all good on this yeah. show. I think all the way they interact with each other is good. It's just the story structure and writing that came across really weak. Mm. Uh, but getting to the close to the two-hour mark here on our episode, there's. I still have a few things too. So. I, I gotta. We gotta address episode seven and what I thought was just 
I like full of minorities. Um, was that I Return like of the Jedi or, uh, minorities. <laughs> I like pretty much every episode of the show to varying degrees, but mostly I think very positively of every episode. Varying <laughs> degrees of positivity. All, except for episode seven of season two, which I will call Let's flat talk. out a bad episode. It is mm. a bad episode. I hated pretty much every fucking minute of it. Um, it was episode seven was what I'm going to call Stranger Things two, Stranger Things in the big city. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like literally eleven after hanging around in her fucking cabin for five episodes, five six episodes doing fuck all. Eventually, Hopper doesn't come home for a few days because of other reasons, and she decides that she's going to go find... She finds her mom, and then her mom says, you got to... Through, through one way or another, says, you got to go here and find your sister, your, your sort of stepsister, pseudo-sister, whatever. And it's in the big city. I think it's in Chicago or something like that. So she goes to the city to find her sister with psychic powers, and overall, it is a pointless episode. It adds absolutely nothing. Everything that happens in the episode was completely self-contained. Mm-hmm. She goes there. By the end of the episode, she goes back, and everything's basically where she left off. A complete, pointless yeah. time killer. Yeah. And not a fun one. Well, and her sister, what was the point of that other than just, like, having some of her past experience come up there? Well, like, wouldn't it make more sense for her to, like, close the portal with her? Like, she had to, like, do some challenge inside of herself, her sister? I don't know. So, it, it's... I think part of what I didn't like about it, too, is tonally it didn't work. We mm. always talk about Gremlins 2, and Gremlins 2 is also, it is Gremlins in the big city, mm. uh, but it also kind of embraces it. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It knows what it's doing, and it, kind of, it hams it up, and, and it's a ridiculous movie because of it, but it's meant to be ridiculous. Stranger Things always stays, stays in the same tone mm. of like this serious sci-fi, sometimes horror show, and then they're still doing that same tone, but she's in the big city now, and now she's interacting with these gangs. This one guy's got a mohawk, and oh, there's graffiti everywhere. What kind of kooky adventures yeah. are they going to get into next? And it was literally the exact big city trope, but yeah. but completely, I was seemingly unaware of it. Well, there was okay. There was two purposes for the episode. I'm not. I, I'm not defending it though. I didn't like it. Um, but the her Indian sister, whatever she is. I guess teaches her, helps her hone her abilities. I, it has a whole X Men kind of vibe to it. I feel yeah. like more yeah, she crappy did, character development for her. She did make it so she had a better understanding of how he used her powers, but not like that greater. And also, I think she could have got that understanding more from just from other story elements, which would have worked yeah, better. Yeah. Like being separated from Hopper and realizing that Hopper is kind of her new like father figure and kind mm. of embracing that instead of, uh, instead of, latching on to who could be her mom or whatnot. Her real parent is Hopper. It's like she kind of could have got that same kind of anger and angst that led to her powers from dealing with that situation. Yeah, that makes that, sense. Or Hopper a, being at risk or something, yeah, which he was. exactly. Her realizing that Hopper is an important... They had this big fight just before all this went down, and maybe her realizing that Hopper is an important part of her life and that she's got to she's got to get in there, and that that's what increases well, her powers. She doesn't realize of, that until that episode, though, because like she, she leaves... And it's, she's like just searching for her, for something, right? So she goes and finds her mom. That's she can't stay there. Goes and finds her sister and realizes I don't belong here either. 
maybe but where I came from is where... I think she could have got that same realization about Hopper without this. Just from Hopper not being home for a few days after this big fight, and she's angry with him, and mm-hmm. also comes to terms that she kind of emotionally needs him at the well, same time. You, you could have got that without this stupid adventure into the big You city. could yeah. say it's Hopper, but it might be Mike again. Because in, the first, be in the first series, yeah, her home point. was with Mike, right? Could be, could so be that, both, That's why really. they're like kind of attracted to it's, each other. I don't think we... I think most people who saw it probably saw that episode as a problem, so I, I feel like we don't have to I don't think so. It. I bet you a lot of people loved it. Well, what uh, I want to say—it was interesting. What I want to say about she has her, different powers. What I want to say about it is the big city trope, because this happened a fucking ton in '80s movies and or like 90s the movies. sequel, or is that what you mean? Like the in the a big different... the big city trope, where it's like let's take a character. We had this one movie with them and put them in the big city. Predator, oh, yeah. Predator yeah. did it. Like Home mm. Alone did it. Gremlins did it. Tongue in cheek. Uh, it's happened like a million and ten times. Predators and usually. Did it. I told if, you that's a satirical if you're work. A movie, it's a masterpiece well, the replicating thing. these flaws if, from the eighties. If you're a movie, if you're like a movie fan, you see this, and this is kind of the indicator that the writers have run out of ideas. They didn't oh, have yeah. any. They didn't have any more ideas for Predator. So let's in Predator Two, let's have him in the big city and see <laughs> what happens there. That'll be fun. Hey, it's like we've just run out of ideas, so let's send him to the big city, and it's like. They did that, and I heard apparently so on this. What the hell was it called? Talking things. Oh, uh, stranger talks. talks. Whatever. Beyond that, stranger things. Whatever that that behind the scenes stranger things. Apparently, uh-huh. I was talking to a coworker, kind of saying this the same thing, and she was telling me that on the behind the scenes of that episode, they were explaining that they wanted they they intentionally did that. It was an homage to the the big city trope. But like Why I said, would you pay homage to such a crummy trope, though? But, but like I said, that's fine, because like I said, Gremlins 2 does that, but it, it, it's aware that it's doing it. It plays it up, and it's ridiculous. Stranger it didn't things come off. Like, it came off exactly. as a victim to that it trope, not a It doesn't come across as aware. So it's like they intentionally... They, they intentionally I'm telling you, it's a work of art, man. They, they this joke, this minorly funny joke of 80 sequels, they've committed. They intentionally <laughs> paid tribute to this trope that basically says we're out of ideas, and it's clear, I very ironically, that, actually that, with, that with 11, Specifically, they were very much out of ideas. Really, really hit like they at home there. It, it actually would have been better if Eleven was dead and just another girl showed up who didn't know anything, and they just had the same character arc from the first. That actually would have been better, or, probably. Or if Eleven was in the Upside Down, so, chilling with but Barb. This, yeah. this episode <laughs> like made, a tea. This episode made me start to think that maybe the anthology idea wasn't such a good idea. Because I still think I still it. think it is, but it just it planted <laughs> this seed in my head of thinking. Because all the characters in that episode suck too. I hated her sister. Her sister just came across as obnoxious and mm-hmm. unreasonable. Like 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 she's just getting her to be angry, but for no reason, and and killing all these people for, but not also really thinking about it when she seemed like a reasonable person. She seemed pretty convict, like pretty convinced of her own ideology to kill all these people, so, even though she yeah it didn't really nothing while, fit. While I think the anthology idea is still would have still been a good idea for the show. If this is the idea that they would have come <laughs> up with, I don't think it's a good idea yeah. anymore. So one another one of the weak conflicts that I wanted to talk about you brought up was between Eleven and Hopper. So to me, I immediately clued in. I said, oh, Eleven's staying with Hopper. Hopper that we established in the last season, his daughter died from cancer. It, yeah. it haunts and him. And they did allude and to it at the very end of season one when he's leaving Eggo's right. in that box Le- in the forest. Uh, yeah, it, they allude Kinda to it. Kind of hinted that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so basically... They show up, and uh, so Hopper's taking care of her, and he's fighting with her like she's a teenager, right? She wants to go out and do stuff, and he's he's acting like a dad. She's probably around a similar age that his daughter was, so they're kind of reenacting this teenagehood that 
that he missed uh, with his own daughter, right? Which is, it sounds like a very touching thing to go through. It was extremely, like it was a very touching scene when you see how his daughter actually died in the first one. It was, it was a brutal, I think a really brutal scene. Um, and uh, this c- carried none of the emotional weight from his past trauma with it into this at all. It seemed like the writers were unaware that he that that they were replicating this parallel that he missed it. Everything I just described about how that's meaningful, the writer seemed unaware that that's what was going on because there it. didn't seem to be any emotional sub subtext to it that was interesting. At, it was at just the, at the end. Like, I think on the last episode, as they're driving up the hospital, they just barely mentions it. I will I will agree they didn't they didn't hit on it hard, but at the end they did. It, yeah, it would have been. Well, no, this is where it is. The last two episodes, we're talking about all the good things. I think all the good things happened in the last. No, no, two no, episodes. No, no. They, all they, these they, things we're talking about are. Are the things they, they suck. Forget about Paul Reiser. Yeah, <laughs> Paul Reiser was great. They were they were all just weak conflicts, and and like I said, either every conflict was weak from the beginning, or it had a resolution that was just kind of weak. Like it had none of the emotional impact that his story did from the first time, and they already primed you with this horrible story of his daughter dying from cancer. You're already primed to be emotional about it, and they still failed to take advantage of that in any meaningful way. It, it didn't hit you in the gut at all. It was, he's talking in the car with her and he's like, well, my uh, daughter uh, died. And she's like, you had a daughter? I didn't even know. It's like, I'm like your daughter. <laughs> it was just, it just like, there was no meaningful, interesting way to, to bring that around. He doesn't talk about, like, you know, maybe they're just trying to be really subversive and they don't want to come off as too obvious. I don't know. But it seemed like they weren't even knowing themselves. Uh, it didn't. Well, they, he does say like, okay, well, my daughter went to, what does he say, the bad place to, he, insinuating that she died. Yeah, he just and says like, that I, she died. I'm afraid that, I was afraid that you, you go there too, I and was, I don't want you to. Right, so that didn't really illustrate the parallel that I described. It just illustrated why he was mad that she wanted to leave. But he I, also, I disagree, though. But he I, clearly I was, looks at her as a daughter, though, yeah. if he's comparing her to his daughter. Yeah, uh, and he looked at her. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he doesn't, he wasn't comparing it or the writers weren't aware, but they, I think they were totally unaware of the gold mine that they could have had if they had leveraged that plot point. I think it took them too long to become aware because I think in that scene you're talking about them driving and him explaining this to her. It's the last episode. Yeah, I think think that should have happened in like the first or second episode. Nah, you got to build up to it a little bit. The problem is they didn't do a good enough job building up to it. That's what I think. Yeah, because you didn't even know if they were going to build up to it. You didn't, it just kind of came out Nah, I got that vibe the whole time. Um, Well, I knew that they should have. I think, (laughs) I think I liked everything about that scene in those last two episodes and that's where it all kind of Came. It, that's too where, little, too late. I say. Nah, it's not too <laughs> late. It's not too late. They <laughs> too. just they just meandered around for too long, and the story structure was sloppy enough that it didn't. Well, you stop being engaged after a while, and then when it actually comes to that resolution, you're like, well, I, I kind of was less interested now. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I think all the, all, uh, I all the complaints you're seeing to be having of it don't like. I agree with a lot They're of. They're weak and uncohesive. I agree with your complaints. Definitely weak and. <laughs> um, I agree with uh, with pretty much all of what. You're saying, but not. I don't. I think you're making it sound a lot worse than it really was. Well, I'm I'm making it sound a lot worse than it really was because I'm talking. I'm describing the the huge missed potential. So 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 I'm so I'm seeing it just like Saw. You know, you imagine a competent filmmaker and it makes you feel really bad. I'm imagining the filmmakers who made season one making season two, and I think about all these plot points and I say, well, if this was the same filmmaker who made that first season, they would have pulled this off ten times better. It's just weak. Every conflict is super weak. Uh, That that, the same show. That's that's I know I know it's a it's a metaphorical idea that they're they're character driven versus like story driven. That seems like the obvious. 
Uh, what's that kid's name? Dustin. Well, the but the character his made mom all these poor and his choices. relationship is like the best in that series. Like his like really sweet mom, even though like she's super, out looking super naive, out looking for her cat and Muse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was pretty good at. I, I even found... Dustin was really annoying this season. I found yeah. him to be a pretty irritating character, and he was pretty charming in the first one. I didn't find him annoying, but I definitely found he wasn't contributing much to the story. But a lot of yeah. the characters, in yeah, the... it was it was his character development because like even at the end of the prom, and he's sitting there by himself, and you see oh. the and then someone takes pity and... on him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the character development that <laughs> that he loses in somebody's pit of. I wondered if he was like developing, like Steve helped him develop that hairstyle that it goes into the uh, 80s kind of like well, he's, tears for fears kind of hairstyle. Yeah, he specifically said that he had copied him. I Did think. he? Yeah, well, yeah. Steve gives him all the, in the one episode, they're walking down the train tracks and he gives him all the tips. Okay, I use this yeah. hairspray yeah. and this conditioner. Yeah. And, yeah. So. And, and you, got, you can't put this in when it's dry. Yeah. It has to be so, damp, yeah, their, but not Their relationship yeah. became like this like buddy-buddy. I like More that. like a mentor I, thing. I actually really liked that, yeah. that arc with mm-hmm. him and Steve kind of bonding and, he, and well, he's kind of taking him under his wing to show him how to be a good teenage bully. They even said that train track scene was yeah, like re- really reminiscent about. of like that one with River Phoenix. Uh, I don't even know. Bro- it's, it's a Broken Arrow. <laughs> it's the only one that pops in my head. I don't even is know. John Travolta and River Phoenix, I think you're in it. Oh, man. Yeah, so you had no, this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I got that way wrong. So you had this weak daughter thing. You had this weak skateboarding scene in the gym where Eleven's all offended. That scene wasn't weak. That scene fucking sucked. Right, but but but, <laughs> well, but they could have established just a little bit more why she might have been jealous. Right, it's mm. it's all the reasons she had to be jealous. There, you had such weak motivation for to believe that. It's like, right, it's, I'm actually um, fine with the logic of her acting like that. I just don't want that fucking subplot in, in <laughs> this show. I don't want yeah. to see some stupid teen drama show. It's like let's right. keep this a sci-fi, sour, sometimes horror show. It's a cool kids. Adventure. I don't want to see the teen drama some, shit. With some yeah. more mature themes as well. There's, there's got to um, be like a natural thing to that though, right? Because she uh, she's like has some feelings for Mike and that's kind of I it. think the teen only drama, purpose, man. I think it is, but can you like honestly avoid it? Or? I think the only purpose it served is that they wanted to prolong Eleven meeting back up with the group because that's when the, the, the season would end. It's yeah. because she basically fixes everything with her powers. Ah. Uh, then they yeah. just needed to delay that happening and if they met up right away, she could have just done it right away. They were just just padding the runtime when it came to Eleven and a lot of other characters, yeah. but Eleven especially. They, yeah. That's yeah. what that scene is because, oh, it's episode four, midway point of the season. Oh, they're going to meet up again. That actually feels like an appropriate time for them to meet back up. But no... Uh, we got to delay this because that'll totally end the season. Because she'll fix everything right away. Because she'll fix everything right away. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's. Uh, what, what can we totally. have her do? Uh, uh, send her to the big city. That, that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Get her out of here. The, uh, Eleven, yeah. Eleven goes and meets her mom. Another just kind of weak... Uh, thing where they she kind of her mom's always repeating all these words like 23 30 34 butterflies rainbows rainbows. yeah actually this pissed me off so much and this is this is nitpicky because it's actually more of a filmmaking thing so they do this flashback where 11 kind of mind melds with her mom which sounds pretty dumb and learns why her mom is retarded right because she i guess she got shocked uh and whatnot electrotherapy yeah so she uh so you see though from her mom's perspective why she's repeating these phrases right she goes into this room with electrotherapy and there's a rainbow on the wall or she's she's looking for a gun in a safe and it's like 34 right 23 left and so this retarded lady she's just sitting there like a vegetable just keeps repeating these words over and over again and when you get into her mind you realize why she's been repeating these 
these words for the last 20, 30 years because it's basically most of the memories that she has left. Uh, the scrambled memories yeah. that she has left. So, so you see all these things pretty plain view and it totally solves it. And then when they finish the, the flashback, it does another flashback, Saw style, where it, it just shows the part of her flashback where like 23, rainbow, blah, 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 blah. Like and, it, and it zooms in and yeah. shows you them as if you didn't yeah. just see them so yeah. obviously. It pissed me off. I, I thought I was watching an episode of Saw. Yeah, I was that's, like, you, that's you just showed this 30 seconds ago. Oh, the key will get you out of this trap. And uh, we got to do a flashback to that 30 seconds. That was episode seven. Oh, was that in episode seven? <laughs> yeah, it was It was brutal. Uh, they, so, know, they know their audience are hobbyist bingers. Yeah, so, so they, they do the, They do this Dungeons and Dragons thing again, except it's really weak because in the first season, they kind of establish the kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons. You learn the Demogorgon. The mom's like, you guys have been down there for 12 hours playing that campaign. You know, everybody go home, right? Like they're obsessed with it. And in the second season, they're just like, I think they're still interested in Dungeons and Dragons, but they keep making parallels to it. And there's not really a... Makes you wonder though, if it it became real... Would they need to play anymore? Would they want to like, just get the fuck out yeah. of that? Yeah, I was yeah. It's, not, it's not clear that they even play it anymore. I was yeah. okay, I was okay, I kind of okay with too. that because it's like, ah, uh, they're kids and they're growing out of the things they once were into. It's Except like, for they're still using Dungeons & Dragons as a huge plot device to describe... Well, that's because they have nothing more for these characters. That's why like, yeah, they, they, they the anthology would have been they're, smarter they're because... Dumb kids that, listen, you have to excuse these writers. They don't have any more ideas. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun to see the D&D kids take on a monster as if it was a D&D game, but now they're growing up and they're not into D&D. It's like, we don't need to still follow these same characters. They're, they're going to grow up and become not interesting. Another great weak parallel is uh, the pictures uh, that that uh, is it Joyce Will Will Byers' mom, Joyce Byers, is that? Uh, oh, that's um, stupid. Yeah. So in thing. season one, uh, mm-hmm. her son is missing, but she starts seeing lights doing things, and she's and and you know she's pretty crazy because her son is missing, and uh, definitely totally makes sense that someone would be crazy enough to think that the lights are communicating with with her, like absolutely in. They really established the mindset of Especially that. Especially when it turns out they actually were. And, and then it turns out that they actually were. So she ends up devising this really interesting thing where she hangs... A clever plan. A, ve- a simple but clever plan. A, a very simple, uh, clever thing where she she puts up Christmas lights on the wall and puts an alf- alphabet note letter next to them. So you got the ABCs, and then now when Will, from the other side, lights up the light, he can send a message to her. So I think the first one was rotten. And so he lights up the one with the R, he lights up the one with the U, and then she can spell it together. It's kind of like a Ouija board kind of idea, you know? Um, so then, the ex- so really, it works really well because as soon as she communicates with him, immediately another strong conflict comes because the Demogorgon invades her house and she has to run out of the house, right? Remember? You- yeah, so, it's, yeah, yeah. so it's actually really great. As soon as she comes to some relief, there's another interesting conflict. Uh, season two comes along. Will Byers is drawing all these... Uh, pictures insanely all of a sudden and they're like oh what if we tape these to the walls of the yes. house and does the exact same thing except there's no real it ends up being a map of all the tunnels underneath but it's the exact same plot device from the first yes. one except there's no element where she's communicating or mm-hmm. there's no real reason to care that much and it's just a weaker version of the exact same plot yes, device I had this weak 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 conflicts I had the same problem with that exact thing I just remember it was just the writers basically saying Hey, remember this thing that uh, Joyce did in the first season that was mm. pretty iconic? Well, look, here's a here's a different version of yes, that. Yes, exactly. Same this, thing. Even in the same location, it makes well, less it, sense. In that, like, uh, <laughs> what was that series on Netflix where they were like looking at 
Stranger Things again. Beyond Stranger. Yeah, they said like Tings. the directors, the brothers there. They were like, yeah, it seems like every season we got to fuck up Joyce's home. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like see what they do it's, next. It's year. almost like well, yeah, I wonder what, how which which other plot device will reuse. What's she gonna use to what? find the uh, the upside down? Next year know. she's putting macaroni art on her uh, walls. Joyce Woo. is another character <laughs> where it's like we don't really have a lot for Joyce to do. Joyce, is I just love this Joyce simple, though. I like again, she's awesome. Love Joyce as a well, I like that she was writer. dating. It's so good. I like that she was dating someone new. That was like yeah. the only new thing in it. Are, am I to believe that like this this simple housewife type, not really housewife, but like simple House worker mom. worker mom type, she's gonna constantly be going on these big adventures and be able to contribute to <laughs> and losing an your losing her damn thing. mind <laughs> like yeah she just has experience like being a cashier at yeah. this like at this hobby shop or whatever this wherever she works at She's not going to be able to constant in this one I mean, they circumstance did, she was able to in season well, one. Well, it was because but of now her. She's like a badass helping yeah. always right. fight these sci-fi demons. Mm-hmm. And, and, we and need a no, xenomorph. And they introduced Bob yeah. because he was a nerd and uh, he was able to solve some of these mysteries, which is a plot point I liked quite a bit. Yes, by everything the way. about Bob I thought was that, great. I, th- I thought that was great. Other than uh, his death, his a, death what a scene. Sweetie pie. Yeah. <laughs> other than when he died, which was just a really lame death scene that I just didn't care that much. Yeah, and right. they showed the monster eating him. These weird demogorgons are like sucking on his skin and like pulling it off and I was like you're showing too much like I should expect that he gets pulled into another room or something and now he's gone forever that would have been cooler you know like no let's just do it I think they wanted it to be definitive that he was dead Lame. That's not. Stranger Things is supposed to be about these mysteries, and is this or or isn't it? It's supposed to be. This, I want to learn. There's like no intrigue every, to that. It's not like every single aspect of the show has to always be a mystery, including I, what yeah. happened to the. Characters I didn't have to consciously. I didn't have to consciously think about it. As soon as it happened, and while it was happening, I rolled my eyes real hard. I was like, "This is not. I this feel, is weak. This is not the best way I to execute like this death." You went into this season with a negative light that I can't quite yeah. put my finger on because usually I'm like usually I'm pretty cynical. I mean. I watched the first two seasons. I sorry, I watched the first season twice, and I, I, and I, I loved I it more the second time. I think you molded over a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure there are more weak parallels to the first one. That's just a lamer version. Mm. Did, did did she have a phone? Uh, go out uh, yeah. get no, zapped again in the second season there was definitely second. like several references to egos which I thought was like he only really needed one like it, yeah. it was this funny kind of again it, it, it was iconic because a lot of people referenced it and people cosplaying and all that shit but they, they bring it up a bunch of times like when she's in the big city and she's stealing with the gang or whatever she goes right for the egos and the only part of it the only reference on that I liked was just like when she's uh in like the first episode in the Well, cabin. she's arguing. She said, he says, you can't have dessert before you have dinner. She says, I want my egos, right? Or, or <laughs> all they needed to do was like just one little line, like he walks out the door, like make sure, you know. Don't forget the egos. Eat, eat your dinner. Don't yeah. just eat egos. That could have been the right. one reference and that's it. But instead they kept bringing it up because it was a popular yeah. thing from it the was, first season. Well, didn't she go to a supermarket? Or was that the first that season? That was the first season. She yeah. steals I feel like she just kept hammering the ego thing But too. in the first season, that was fine because it's like, here's this weird yeah. kid who has no idea how to interact with the world. This is her first time getting food for her first the, like by herself she just happened to see Egos the first time so that's the thing she's obsessed with well, who doesn't, no, I think they, who doesn't I think love they fed Eggos, her Egos you know at the I mean? house it's true. I think <laughs> he brought Egos yeah I think that, yeah, she, she recognized oh, okay, them remember. in the supermarket as the thing yeah. that she liked yeah. but it was like the first uh, yeah the but first, she didn't know like, to pay for it she just grabbed it and like started walking out and ignoring yeah, all of the Ego stuff in the first season was fine but in the yeah. second season was like remember the Re- first season remember the Egos now Egos paying for it. now it's still great so uh don't show the monster. There's a lot of weak conflicts, and I think uh, I think your kind of main thing was just 
they just run out of ideas. It's mm-hmm. I think it, I mean, it most actually, of the things that I've described know, are just. It makes me concerned for season three because now I think that it really felt like they how were how much quite, less ideas will you have by well, then? It really felt like this season. It's still to me, like I said, I think overall was good, but it felt like they were starting to run out of ideas. And now I think in season three, unless they got some really inspired I, I, ideas, I think I liked it so much because I was amazed that they pulled anything together. Let alone something. <laughs> let alone something. So I was like, where do you go from there? So like, yeah, that's, that's, so that's, I can mostly agree. Like that's why. That's I'm basically the the, the, the any any movie viewer. That's what they're. Oh, you know what? I was just glad they a, pulled. A lot, a lot of them like, aren't. A lot of them are like. Of I just want to. I want to see what happens after because it's so obvious where. Well, that's go why. Ahead. Like, like I'm I'm shitting on this a lot here on this episode, but How I still you? overall enjoyed it. I think because what are you saying? It's like I thought they should have done an anthology. We should have not revisited these characters. Yeah. But they still conjured up something that. Yeah, it was still good. I still like seeing these characters. They got something out of it, but now it's like, ooh, this is still, you kind of had to, you really had to, to, to siphon a, a lot to get this much out of it, and it wasn't as good as season one. Season three, I bet I'm a little worried about it. Uh, maybe they go in like some really unexpected directions because they realize these things. Oh, I bet you I, did. That's what I'm hoping. The Indian chick's going to be back. Yeah. Oh, definitely <laughs> definitely going to be back, and I really hope they fix that character because she, I hated her so much. She's going to make a Demogorgon. she make a Demogorgon see, see <laughs> a bunch of 11s. Yeah, there's a bunch. Of, well, that's what I was thinking. That's just the same more. So, um... I want to I want to end off. I've got. Yeah, we uh, got to wrap this up. I think I think that this is the best hours. summary, which is uh, which is just an onion uh, post on it, uh, saying that eagle-eyed fans on social media had already pointed out several of them. The creators of Stranger Things 2 revealed Tuesday that keen viewers will notice twinges of disappointment hidden in every scene. (laughs) Not, because finger quotes here, not to give too much away, but be on the lookout for tiny letdowns we snuck in almost everywhere, (laughs) said series co-producer Matt Duffer, adding that the highly anticipated sequel was jam-packed from start to finish with little frustrations the casual viewer may not notice. Finger quotes, We didn't want every disappointment to be completely in your face. In fact, you may have to watch the season twice to catch everything that makes you wonder why you bothered watching in the first place, Duffer also emphasized. However, that even viewers who completely missed the hidden disappointments could still watch the entire season and be thoroughly disappointed all the same. Yeah, I think that that's the reason I didn't <laughs> have it. as much rage because I didn't have this high anticipation. I know a lot of people had huge anticipation for the show. Yeah. I was just like, oh, season two's out? I don't watch it. I feel like the same. that was my anticipation. I, I, I didn't same, have it actually, hyped yeah. up in my head as anything. Okay. Well, <laughs> good. Uh, Dave, you got a got any impressions you want to share before we kick off here? Get down. <laughs> there we go. Good, a good old Arnie one. Uh, well, so what did you guys like? So when I watched the show, the season season two, I felt after like episode five, it's like nothing has happened. Not, like I felt. Yeah, that's very, that's when I like, thought that it too. Was, it was like, okay, this is okay, but I don't feel like anything's happened. Episodes eight, nine were I thought were great. I think they only had two episodes of material. They meandered around for yeah. five. episodes. Why they made it one extra episode long when they had less? They material. wanted episode seven, man. It's that one off. Yeah, they just they could have cut that right out. Well, they, um, or, they order a season, yeah, so they have to like fill the, fill yeah. the gaps. So I, I, I really liked episodes eight, nine, though. I thought they finished mm-hmm. thought off they really great. good. Yep. Other than the end of Lame. episode nine, did you? What did you guys think about that winter ball thing? I was oh, okay. snowball. Oh, snowball. I think it dragged out a little bit too long, but I was okay with it because it was, it was like, like twenty. It was minutes. like, look, everything's happily ever after, and then the camera starts to like turn and it goes upside down and just the upside down. I oh, like yeah, that. I remember thinking was that like, was dumb. No, things are still fucked. 
they could. I'll agree. They could have. It is a little dumb. dumb. They could have executed it better. But I liked that. It, but yeah, they once drug a, out the ball. Another the, the weak thing, because because really the first season, uh, the very end, the way they communicated that is uh, Will Byers is having dinner with his family. Everything's happy. He goes to the bathroom and he ends up puking up. Yeah, that the, was a great. The slug. That was a great way and, and his yeah. bathroom turns to the inside-out world for one second and it flips right back. And you're like, oh wow, there's still a problem. Once again, you could still wrap up the show. That could be more of just a little teaser of, of leaving some mystery for mm-hmm. you so that you don't feel that it's tied up neatly. Mm-hmm. This one's like, oh, well, no characters are noticing. This has nothing to do with anything, but we're flipping it upside down. They're, Remember, they're still they're, an upside-down world. That, that, it, was, it was the exact same ending like, as the first season. It's the exact same ending, more, but weaker. But weaker I, I, and more drawn This is one of my point about it. this season. It's just the same but weak. The snowball is, like, cute. That's like a cute thing they did. Yeah, it was a little cute. That, that's yeah, it what it, that's what it was. But it blows my mind that like you have cute. all these all these characters that know this crazy shit's happening. The world's like falling apart and there's weird demons and shit and they all just like go on, go to prom, act like whatever. I, I feel like a- there's a deeper psychological trauma that should be like happening. Yeah, that's why I we was, need to make another season to learn more about PTSD, just like in yeah. the second season. <laughs> I was okay with the ball, but if anyone had any huge complaints about it, I wouldn't defend it. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, alright. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hate it was it neutral. It, it was, was neutral. It was yeah. just really long. I didn't so, even, uh, a little you, drawn out. Do you think Hopper is going to give uh, birth to a, a demo? I thought you were going to say, do you think Hopper is going to give some head to Joyce? And oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm pretty sure they've already done that. That's, I don't know. I think Hopper is the only character <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to see more out of. It seems yeah, he's yeah. great. Seeing, seeing him continue to have Actually, the Hawkins lab, that's interesting. What, I was I was hoping we would talk about we would really. talk about him becoming Hellboy for a second. Is he becoming Hellboy? He's yeah, the new Hellboy. Hellboy. I was I was literally I was, Hopper. Hopper I was just Hellboy, about to yeah. say I don't want to see more of Hopper I want to see that actor in a better show in a better movie they, or there's show, images so. out of uh, the new Hellboy I thought those images were weird because it looks exactly like Ron Perlman <laughs> 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 it was like okay yeah it looks, it looks good but they Ron, might be changing the character or something slightly I'm really curious I don't know anything about Hellboy so I, I liked the I other no one real <laughs> I gotta say my, my favorite thing about Stranger Things 2 it's a very short scene where Lucas comes to the door to get Max and it goes in the living room, and Billy's working out with a shirt on. He's got a cigarette you would, in his mouth. You would mouth. like that scene. Yeah, he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and he's uh, doing bicep curls. So he's smoking <laughs> while he's waiting. Yeah, yeah. So and then, yeah that was great. He's so and, then, and then he puts the weights down and turns around to see if Max is getting the door. He takes a smoke out and grabs a beer. And it's like, so he's smoking and drinking while he's weightlifting. It was awesome. I, I can't em- your priorities when you're that age. <laughs> I can't emphasize that other than Billy not having anything to do with the story yep. and no... It, it, he was awesome. Like I loved everything. I think we briefly mentioned that he comes to uh, it comes to the house looking for his sister, where uh, Nancy's mom is, and she opens the door and he immediately starts hitting on her. Yeah, and she's buying into awesome. it. It's so funny. There's that. a 25 year yeah. difference probably in their age. And my, my most so the most memorable scene for me for like no no real particular reason other than it was like really, really intense was him driving with Max. And almost hitting the boys. Yeah, that's because he tried to run over the he kids was, and they jumped like, out of the way. He was so intense in that scene that it sticks with me when I think of season two. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's a that's a real he was like an actual psycho now. Yeah. Once he does that, he's not just a jerk like Steve. Like the toxic Avenger teenagers. Yeah, that's that's why people. I brought that up. That's it, right? <laughs> so Those teenagers, the, fucking eighties teenagers are the worst people. This is the least wrap up wrap up ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Let's thanks, get here. Dave, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, <laughs> man. Uh, we'll leverage this to get you to do more free artwork for us. Oh my yeah. God. Thanks a bunch. Uh, <laughs> Deal. Well, so long, losers. Okay. So uh, I hate y'all. <laughs>